0: A couple of weeks back, uh, my son Carter's in, uh, well, two of my sons go to Southerton Area High School, and um, they're active in a few different things in school, and my son Carter's in choir. Yes. And he's done it for, he started that in middle school and just fell in love with it, and uh, so he stuck with it, which is great. And it's one of my favorite things. One of my favorite school activities to go to are the choir concerts. They're just they're great. And I never which really, ones do you hate? I <laughs> yeah. I never really knew that either because I was I was a band student uh, in yeah, high yeah, school yeah. and I didn't go to the choir. Uh, uh, you know, we didn't have uh, shows together or anything like that. You didn't know how good they were. I didn't know how how much fun they were. Yeah, uh, until I started going to them. And because there's not just traditional songs. There's some contemporary songs. Sure. Uh, there's a, music, a musical accompaniment, and there's uh, a cappella, and there's all kinds of different things that they do. And it's a lot of fun. I didn't realize how much fun it was until I started going to these. And now it's my favorite thing to go to. Um, so I went to the most recent, the, the spring concert for Saturday. And it's funny because the director, who I'm going to introduce in just a moment, uh, made an announcement before they did this song. And she said, we're going to try something out. So I just I, I pulled out my phone. and I'm like, I think this is going to be cool. And so I filmed it, and I'm really glad I did. I was talking about not, you know, spending too much time on the screens when you go to a performance. So I'm like, I want to capture this. And I was so glad that I did. And she had said, I'm not going to tell you what this is, but from the very first word uttered, you're going to know exactly what song this is. So let's give it a try. And it was Bohemian Rhapsody, and I was just incredibly impressed. And I came in here and I played it for you guys. You guys we liked loved it. it yeah. Played it on, a little bit on the
2: air, posted it on social media. I had actually had people request me to send them the link, like people that have no association with with Saturday people that had just heard us said, I need to. I need to have the audio file of that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, It's a great school. There are wonderful uh, staff that work there, so uh, I had asked, I got in touch with the the director of the choir, see if they could maybe come in. She said yes, and here they are. We'd like to welcome to the studio uh, Director Teresa Washam and the Southerton High School Advanced Choir. Thank you so
3: much.
0: How you doing, Teresa?
4: Fantastic.
0: By the way, you know what I noticed? Uh, Because at the end of the, at the last concert, uh, you know, it's a farewell. Most of the, the group here are seniors and they're leaving, so uh, there's always an exchange of gifts and thank yous and stuff like that, that yes. at the concert. And I noticed they just call you Washem. Yeah, they do. Is that um, <laughs> does that happen now? Because Mr. Tucker in the band department, he's just Tucker as well.
4: Yeah, is- I, it's just to show their love.
0: Yeah, that's,
4: that's
0: what it? it is. Yep. So when they when they key your car, that's to show love.
4: They <laughs> <laughs> wash them. Do you like
0: that? <laughs> um, so do me a favor, because you had mentioned that. That you have, you've had this arrangement for a little while, this song, Mm -hmm. but it hasn't found the right fit until now.
4: Exactly. We've tried it on a couple of different choirs, and there are some really tricky parts. It goes into eight-part harmony, and they have to pretend they're a guitar at times, and it just never really worked.
5: So you needed a level of uh, ability that you hadn't had up to this point true and, and now i you have it.
4: i was a doubter i mean they yeah. asked me at the beginning of the year if they could do it and i said well if you learn all of your other music right. we'll pull it out
5: how and much then- additional work did this involve adding this to the roster
4: Well, we only threw it together about the last three weeks before the concert.
0: Seriously? Yeah. Was it all you worked on? Yeah. Okay.
4: Because it (laughs) definitely, it
0: didn't sound that way.
4: Yeah. This is a group of talented kids.
0: Wow. Yeah. I don't even know how you begin to to work on something like that because there's so many different parts.
4: We started with the hardest part. Oh, really? waiting. Yeah. No, oh, no, that's
0: not The waiting is hard. Time. So that that operatic the middle part yes. and you started on that first. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then you realized that uh, they could indeed handle it. Yeah.
4: They were determined.
0: Yeah. Cuz that really the part determined. where it's uh, oh let me go that has got to be a tricky little yeah. segment.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Uh, I don't
4: know, I think we could do it.
6: Well, <laughs>
5: what you probably don't know is we all have an a cappella group called the River Valley Vocal I've, Band. I've
4: actually heard you. Yeah, no, oh, man. I've
5: heard you. our <laughs> voice coach is Justin Timberlake. But no, would, no, it's, it's Justin Guarini, man. Garini. No, it's Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah, just uh, changed. Uh, uh, yeah, it just changed. But you're right, it's Justin uh, Guarini. But uh, yeah, so uh, but we don't want to eclipse this. So please yeah. proceed.
0: <laughs> By the way, who are the who are the two solos in this particular song? As uh, we we'll point them out,
4: they're both seniors. Kyle Ryan mm-hmm. starts it off, and then Sam Micah takes over. Would
0: one of them mind if Kathy stepped in oh, and actually
4: did the part? Don't destroy the original. I think they would mind. <laughs> <laughs>
0: on, on the, the horrific uh, second take, yes, uh, uh, you know, Kathy so badly wanted to be in select choir.
6: Listen, and... I, we tell this story every time we have somebody that comes in and sings, but I, I really wanted to be in that select choir, and I tried out you know, year after year, and finally my mom called the, the music teacher and was like, she really wants to do this, and the woman was like, okay, okay, no problem, and I went it and try it out and I still didn't get it. Oh.
2: <laughs> Miss, Miss Rano, she, she stinks. She's horrible. Much. Well, Let me ask you because that's got to be really, really hard. Singing in front of people, especially by yourself, and I would imagine you have to do that for auditions, mm-hmm. um, is really, it's a, it's a difficult thing to do. Um, but it's got to be really hard to tell somebody that they just don't have it as well. And, and you have to do that, right?
4: I do. It's the hardest part mm-hmm. of my job. It really is. You, <laughs> you feel like you're breaking these kids' hearts. Yeah.
0: It's, it's I can tough. imagine. But, you know, it comes with the territory. Yes. All right. People
3: are waiting. Beep. If nothing really matters <laughs> <laughs> Too late My time has come Send shivers down my spine Bodies aching all the time Goodbye everybody I've got to go Face the truth, <laughs> Mama. The Fandango Thunderbolt and lightning Very, very frightening me Galileo Galileo Galileo, Galileo, Galileo oh, no. I'm just a poor boy Nobody loves me He's just a poor boy From a poor family Sparing his life From this monstrosity Easy come, easy go Will you let me go? long. No, we will not let you go Let him go We will not let you go Let him go he will not let you go. Let me go. He will not let you go. Let me never, go. Never, 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 never let me go. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, Mama Mia, Mama Mia, Mama, mama Mia, let me go. Yes, it has S-A-B- the devil put aside for me. For me, for me. Bow, 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 bow,
0: Wow, wow, that was. Wait, I turned my microphone off there. It was uh, Southerton Area High School, their advanced choir, Bohemian Rhapsody. What a diet. <laughs> so yeah, good. damn good. taxi yeah, white intricate. There's a ton of text that came in. And this one says I think all the uh, the listening areas they'll sing along right now, my whole construction site is at the top of their lungs. <laughs> that's
2: <awesome. laughs> uh, so that's that's awesome. So um the first kid who was uh, singing lead his name is Kyle. Yep. His father is my fraternity brother. We graduated college together. So uh what's up Tim? Uh also uh Super Dave and Stalker both say you guys sounded amazing. Super, Super Dave, Dave. Super Dave and Stalker. Okay. Stalker that uh, guy. Tim's uh, last name is Stalker. But we just go by Stalker. Uh someday let's hear the story. I'm yeah, about he got Stalker, Stalker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. here. Because
5: he that. stalked people. Right. Yeah. No, his <laughs> last
2: name is Stalker. <laughs> okay, all right, all
0: right. Yeah. Um well that's that's really cool. That's impressive. You know what and, uh, and what I find is interesting is that so you have the concert, and you just do two performances of that song right there. Are those the only performances?
4: Well, we're we're going to go out to the Satterton School District elementary schools and middle schools. Okay, we'll sing it for them. It's kind of a recruitment thing. We go out and the kids look at these guys and say, "I want to be just like them someday." That's yeah. cool. Well,
5: let me ask you. So you have the you have a lot of people leaving, obviously because they're seniors. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but is there still in your mind is there besides Bohemian Rhapsody? A uh, another um, Mount Everest to climb yeah. and singing, what, what, what will be next to try?
4: Ooh, that's a good question. As as far as rock music goes? Whatever.
0: Any Anything that, that the kids have come to you and said, we should do this, and you're like, give oh, it a oh shot. boy, that's going to be hard.
4: Hmm.
0: I mean, this is certainly one of the most complex.
2: I think of vocally- like harmonious uh, stuff from like ELO, Um, Maybe Nights in White Satin Uh, Perhaps Sweet Judy Blue Eyes by Crosby Stills National The ELO call is Mm -hmm. a really good one Um, uh, Mr. so uh, Mr. Uh, Blue Sky. Sky,
5: Blue Sky, Mr. Blue Sky, Mr. Blue Sky would be good. You ever hear I, that one? You That's know it. what?
0: I, you know what I think is cool is that uh, is that this song in particular, it, it still it stood the test of time. It Has and yeah. that that kids, high school kids, want to do that song. I mean, it's from the 1970s, you know, and it's yeah. it's still got that much oomph to it.
4: Absolutely.
0: Uh, but, but this is what they do. They, they break up these really cool contemporary songs. You're like, oh, man, you know, Dust in the Wind or something like that. <laughs> there you, you know? go. And the middle school did that. I'm just getting into the high school side of things. but uh, Well, the movie,
5: you know, the, the, the Queen movie uh, yeah. that's coming out focuses, uh, obviously clearly in the, in the trailer, focuses in on the creation of the song Bohemian Rhapsody.
0: Yeah, and how they're like, wait, you want to do what? Yeah. And it turns out to be this iconic song that's lasted this long. Um, you guys want, you want to do one more? You guys cool with that sure. We do. You do that one again because that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: we have uh, another song, uh, Lennon McCartney, Imagine.
0: Oh, All right. Wow. Now this made me cry. Yeah. When you guys did this at the at the concert. Yeah. Uh, so, could you see him crying
7: from where you were? I, I was in. I
0: was on the mezzanine. Okay. So she could hear me.
8: Like, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: It was echoing through the theater. So,
8: um, <laughs> you guys did such a great version
0: of it. Um, you think it'd be cool yeah, to do that? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So they haven't. They haven't. They weren't prepared for this. They were going to come and do one song, but
5: we you, always... you, you 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 gave the threw it through a, a curveball.
0: Yeah. All right. But well, they can do it. Let's
4: do it. We've got five soloists in this song. Can I just announce their yes. names? Yeah. yeah. Please it do. It starts off with Leah Alderfer. Second soloist is Emma Bench, and then we have who's third? Uh, KK Hershey. And then Nick Marateo, and ends with Sam Micah.
9: Okay. All right. Sorry, are they rearranging positions because of uh, the, solos?
5: the solos? Okay. This song yeah. has to
9: be done in height order, Nick. Oh, uh, uh, it is yeah. <laughs> very technical.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, let's do this uh, one more time. This is the Southerton uh, Area High School Advanced Choir on MMR. Doo, doo, doo. Doo, doo.
10: Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below above us.
11: A brotherhood of.
0: I held it together this you did? time All you right. peed a little but here's the here's a text that says ugly crying in my car by the third doo do do
8: uh
0: so a lot a lot of great reaction uh it's the if you're just joining the Southerton area high School advanced choir they improve rest the hell out of me, so I wanted to see if they could come in. They're getting ready to wrap up the school year. thought this might be kind of fun, and uh, but you might enjoy it as well.
5: When you go to see, do they close off the whole mezzanine just for you? Or, yeah, <laughs> of course.
0: I've got a private box up there. It's like, you're like Lincoln up there? Mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> Listen, but what I'd like to do is I would like to urge the people in, no matter what community uh, you are in, to number one, support the arts, and number two, you probably have a great choir like this right in your backyard, and you yeah. may not even know yeah. about it's it. That's true. Uh, mm-hmm. If you go to your local high school, and find out when the concerts are, go to them. You will be mightily impressed by these young people. Well, you hear how much work they're putting into it. Absolutely. And, you
5: know, why not celebrate it?
0: Yep, most. And if definitely.
6: you can't get in, have your mom call the school. Yeah. Yeah. over and
8: over. She's very
6: talented yeah. and she's beautiful
8: too.
0: <laughs> uh, Teresa, can you rattle off all the seniors' names seniors, real quick? Raise your hands. So, up. Raise your hands. Amanda
4: Just... Fratorelli, Sarah Roos, Emma Ford, Emily Afflerbach, Alfred Stevens, Michaela Hershey, Kyle Ryan, Kelsey Gleason, Stephanie Zhang. Who's back there? It's Sam Crott, uh Leah Alderfer, Tim Kennel, Sam Micah, and Derek Bose.
0: Dear God, I can't believe you can remember I, right? all of That's guys. why I can, never, I can never be a teacher. I can never, never forget it. You, you, the one with the brown hair. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, congratulations. A great group. And you guys are amazing. Thank you for being Thank here Thank you morning. so
4: much for having us. This was a blast.
0: Appreciate it. Let's yeah. here for Teresa Washington. Yeah. Advanced Choir. We're going to take a quick break. We will come back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us. Like what you
12: hear? You can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand.
0: Stevensinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Our next guest, I want to I start by telling you a story um, over the weekend real quick here. Um, we I, My daughter's elementary school, we have this thing called the uh, lip sync competition. Everybody comes out and they do. They put on these little skits and uh, the parents do an act as well. Yeah. So we did the parent act and we had a great time and after it was over, we have an after party at my house. All the parents come over that were in the parent act. They bring their kids and everything. So there was I uh, like 60 people in my house, and I've got a nice sound system in the house. So I, I put on some music, and we're all drinking and eating, having a good time, and everything. And I, the moment that the party switched gears, uh, because I have a party mix of music, yeah, that, that was rolling on my phone. But the, the moment that the, uh, the, the party switched gears and you could feel it was, you got a case, yeah, was when this song came on, the very moment. That this came on, we took it to another I mean, level. I reach over my phone and I just crank it all the way up, and the party just. everybody jumping. I'm like, all right, ma'am. And uh, the man responsible for making my party a success is here, Daryl McDaniels, DMC.
8: Yeah.
0: Up, run, DMC. How you doing, man? Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good
12: to be here. What's up, Philly? I want <laughs> to say, name? dude, you look in phenomenal shape. By yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. I feel good. I feel really good. Excellent. Feeling really good right We've, now. Both Past Preston and years. I
5: did a, uh, you know, did a fair amount of uh, of just background reading on you because I was uh-huh. always a fan. But uh-huh. but uh, what a life, man! And to be in this good of shape right now
12: and to be, Yes, a- I stop drinking them forty ounces. Yeah. <laughs> I don't help a lot. Everybody out there listening, please, please help.
5: The forties alone. The rumor was, and I don't know if this is very valid, but uh, like eight to ten a day. No, it, a case. A case. forties. No. What? Uh, yeah, no. I was salt
12: liquor. Yes. how old did you never English end up with eight. an endorsement? <laughs> hey, right. I know. i you know, I was yo. Know, I had Forget an old English ring. Yes. I got. I, I took a the bottle capital old English ring to oh. the jeweler. Wow. I had an old English diamond ring. Wow. I had an old English um, tire cover. Wow. And check this out. In my SUV, I put a refrigerator, so I didn't have to pull over at the grocery stores to get out to get them. Wow. Dude, one of yeah, the... I was drinking a case a day, man. I wow. ended up with acute pancreatitis and almost
2: died. Oh, yeah, wow. that'll kill you. It'll yeah, kill you. Yeah. I, I, the drunkest I, I might have ever been in my life, uh-huh. I, and I only drank two, uh, four. Actually, I, they, I think there were forty fives of Mickey's, right, 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 right. Green, and uh-huh. I mean it was that was a bad night for me. Right. I couldn't imagine doing. I was on a case a day and then going out at night and partying. Wow.
12: And that was, you know, it was what rum and coke, screwdrivers, fuzzy navels. It was crazy. Wait,
6: so when you have pancreatitis, does that go away then or do you still have it?
12: No, it goes away. It goes goes away. away. It goes away. Fortunately, my pancreas healed. Uh, The doctor said I was a miracle. Wow. The, I mean, said I was the fact that
5: you're in, in this kind of shape after all that is amazing. But I mean, mm-hmm. now, 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 obviously you, you have a, a long career and we're going to go through a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the fact that it seemed to me that with all that going on, you still managed to show up and get to the show and, and do all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah,
12: yeah, yeah. I was a functional drunk. And that's a, that's actually
5: that's a worse scenario. If it had impacted you earlier, you might have jumped on it earlier, but you were
12: able to conduct what you needed to do exactly. and still drink. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was func- very functional. Man, wow. Did you ever play uh,
9: Edward Hands?
12: No, what is (laughs) it? All right, so you take two
9: 40s and you tape them to your hands, and uh, you're not allowed to stop drinking until uh, uh, you're not allowed to take them off until you've emptied the 40s. Really? No,
12: yeah, it's a great game. Yeah, especially (laughs) for a recovering alcoholic. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) a lot of fun. I I need to try that again, just for a minute, because I got to revisit that. I've never did that. (laughs) I did everything you possibly can with (laughs) a 40 ounce,
2: yeah, a seven hundred forty. How were your rapping skills when you were? I mean, because it affects your speech, obviously, but. Did it? Well no no no. When I when I did a show,
12: when I was touring and stuff like that, I probably was probably you know, by the show time, I probably was into you know probably up to like to seven forty or whatever. Jeez. But you gotta understand Jeez. something. In the 80s everybody was drinking 40s. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I just drunk more than everybody. <laughs> so, you know, sonically it was sounding like everybody else was sounding anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But my my excess was um, you know, I've been sober 14 years now. Congratulations. Yeah. My when I went to I went to rehab to stop drinking, but then in rehab I found the most powerful thing a person can do, especially you men, therapy. Yeah. Now, I was um, diagnosed with suppressed emotions. I was using the alcohol to suppress how I really felt about the world. You were so yeah, I was the Yeah, I, got, yeah. I, I, I was su- when Down with the King came out in ninety in ninety three. I was getting ready to kill myself. Wow. wow. Yes. Wow. So you. So I can relate to where Chester and Chris. What's that? Okay. I'm sick and tired of the pain and the hurt. I do it for Chester, Chris, and Kurt. Death is appealing. With death, I flirt. I tell you how I feel and you think I'm a jerk. I'm not bugging. I'm struggling. All this guzzling is puzzling. So I stop hanging with Jack and Jim to fight in the battle that we all can win. Love that. Damn, dude. Yeah, I was going to jump. I was going to shoot myself. I was going to drink the poison. How close did you, How close did you get? I was getting ready to jump, but then I heard Sarah McLachlan's "Angel" song. Yeah, you. We were yeah, reading about that, this. Yeah, Please when I heard, I didn't care about nothing, money, fortune, fame, life, nothing. I heard "Angel" and said, "Oh my God, it's beautiful to be alive." And all I did for one year was just sit in the room and listen to Sarah McLachlan. Wow. That wow. yeah yeah because when you depressed. You're looking for that thing that depression is about feeling. Yeah. So material wealth, sex, physical attraction, none of that means anything Mm. if you don't feel right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I realize that if you don't admit how you feel, whether good or bad, you'll never heal. See, see, the, the stigma with depression and anxiety and all these mental health issues is this. If I say, I feel like a million bucks today, I can take on the world, I feel great. We celebrate that. But the minute you say, I feel depressed, up oh, get away from him. He's a weirdo. No, you're right. So, and, and to that point stigma, about, yeah. about so,
5: therapy, therapy yeah. and going to a therapist, yeah. I, I've gone a
12: couple times in my life and I would. If, and if, a therapist, if, I tell it, people, the therapist don't help you. So they say, why do you go? The therapist is a decoy. Yeah. So you could do two things. Repeat to yourself stuff you said to yourself that you didn't listen to. Yeah. Or start saying stuff to yourself. Forget all this outside stuff. You got to look at yourself and say, what is it that makes me happy?
5: You're exactly right. So I
12: found out when I got out of therapy... What makes you happy, D? What makes you the most powerful entity on the microphone and not just in hip-hop? Yeah. I'm talking about when I step to the—comic books. Yeah. 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 I replace the the confidence— and, and enthusiasm and excitement about creativity that I got from comic books as a little kid with the old English because I was trying to live up to other people's expectations. I was trying to live up to running Jay's expectations and Russell's expectations, and I was doing stuff that I really wouldn't have never did. So as a kid, you were you were always into the, the comic I books? All I did was read or collect comic books. I never wanted to be in show business. Ne- I don't— I'm, I have so much anxiety sitting here in front of y'all talking to y'all. Really? Wow. Yeah, because when hip-hop... But you're such a natural act. But that's after 30 years of okay. practice. Okay, all right. When hip-hop first came into Queens from the Bronx in New York, I didn't look at it as a money opportunity show, but I was like, oh, shoot, you can tell stories about who you are over music? Mm-hmm. So listen, this is the truth. My whole career, all I was doing was pretending to be the most powerful entity (laughs) in the hip-hop universe. Right. I was looking to be Mighty Thor on a microphone. One day I sat there, I said, okay, Thor is the son of Odin from Asgard. He got a brother named Loki, and he has a hammer. (laughs) And I'm Daryl from Hollis. My father's (laughs) name is Byford. His father's name is Odin. And I'm from Hollis, and I got a mic. So the microphone thing was... I was pretending to be son of Byford, brother of Al. Banner's my mother and runs my pal. It's McDaniels, not McDonald's. These rhymes are Daryl's. Those burgers are Ronald's. I ran <laughs> down my family tree. My mother, my father, my brother, and me. Hip-hop and rock and roll was a creative outlet for me to express what was inside of me. If Go I quiet. never had comic books... Run would have never discovered I was rockin' roll, Wow. So right now you it, have your own. You are. Novel, you are. Yes. You I'm are the a, new Stan Lee. You're the new Stan Lee. Stan Lee created a monster. <laughs> <laughs> and I met Stan. We hanged together. I know him very well. And he can't believe it. Because when I was a kid growing up in New York City, comic books not only took me away from the stress and struggles of, you know, getting bullied and teased. Like yeah. I wore glasses my whole youth. Yeah. Until I rhymed about it on my record as being cool, D's for doing it all of the time, M's for the rhymes, that all mine. C's for cool, cool ass can be. Rhymer say, why you wear those glasses? I would go, so I can see. <laughs> not to look good, not to be fashionable. If I didn't wear them was blind. But before that, my whole life was, hey, four eyes, hey, binoculars, hey, yeah. spectacles. So I was a little kid that went to Catholic school, that read comic books, that was on the honor roll, and those things wasn't cool. Hip hop yeah. empowered me. To transform for my old man That's or Daryl McDaniel's yeah. And then the the whole depression thing was crazy too because I'm in the midst of my depression. Sarah McLachlan's record is the only if 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 Sarah McLachlan's record, Angel, would have been taking away from this universe, I'd have died. That- but in the midst of that, check this out, it goes even deeper. After that, I found out at age thirty five that I was adopted.
2: Yeah. Oh no, it didn't You didn't know, know my a whole
12: You were put into the to the foster so tell program, me, right? Yeah. But you, nobody wanted to tell me. Mm-hmm. See, that's some superhero stuff. That is. It yeah, really I, is. It was like Daryl, sit down, we have to tell you you're really not from here and you're from another planet. You're from crypto. Right? Yeah, no, it's a whole superhero wow. thing. Yeah, yeah. So my, that's a whole other level that I, I yeah. had no idea. And in the midst of all that, I realized that when I started when Anything anybody in this world is going through, I don't care what it is, sexual abuse, mental health issues, um, finding out you're adopted, forced a kid, homeless, orphan, whatever it is. If you remove the guilt and shame, you remove the pain. So that's why I'm here in Philly working with the um, Philadelphia Sixers. I was one of those kids. For all of these youths that the Philadelphia 76ers touched here in central um, Philadelphia and Camden— Our, situ- our situations doesn't define who we are. Yeah. I had no idea that this little adopted kid who was formerly a foster kid would grow up to be the king of rock. There is none <laughs> higher. I had no idea with that. But why did that happen? Because outside of our blood relationships, outside of all of our blood relationships, there's people put on this earth to help us get where we're supposed to go, regardless of who we are. Now, I met my birth mother. When did, did that? When start, did that? How old um, were you when that happened? Um, I was thirty something. Yeah, I met my birth mother. I found out I was adopted in two thousand, and I met my found my birth mother in two thousand and four. And when I met her, she said, "I know you're dying to know why I gave you up." And I was like, "Shoot, lady, that's an understatement." Yeah. And she looked me in my eyes and she said, "I gave you up to give you a chance." Wow. Did, so, you, did you,
5: when you heard that, because yeah. I, 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 this is a, a fascinating thing for all of us, right. you know, I, I always had my parents and, and loving, and it was great, but right. what? And I always thought of the notion, what would I say, what would I ask, and would that answer, if, it, if that was the answer, right. would I accept that, or yeah. would I still
12: hold bitterness? Well, I wasn't bitter until I met other adoptees. Okay. Because it was like a secret. When I found out that I was adopted, all my cousins... Cause you know Christmas time in Harlem Queens, Mom's cooking chicken, and every yeah. time there was something for our family to do Fourth of July, Christmas, birthdays, New Year's, it was always at the McDaniel's house. So all my, I had a lot of little cousins when I was growing up. When I found when I, when it was found out that Dad finally knows, they all called me and they would say, "Oh, dear, we've been holding that secret in for <sighs> thirty nine years." This and that, and so they all my all little cousins. Yeah, what would happen was. We're going over to McDaniels' house for the 4th of July cookout. We're going over to McDaniels' house for Christmas. We're going over to McDaniels' house for New Year's. Kids, come into the living room, sit down. What's the rule? Nobody let Daryl know he's adopted. Wow. wow. Because they That's thought cool. if they were revealed my truth <sighs> to me, it might have did something to keep me. Uh, my f- mother and father, I was one of the last foster kids to, to, to be in my house. Um, I remember a lot of cousins that I had growing up that left and never came back yeah nobody never came back to get me so my mother and father said what are we going to do with this one let's keep them so they kept me but they didn't want and i I was a straight a student elementary straight a student through high school made it to st john's university they was thinking if they would tell me my truth it was going to ruin me Mm -hmm. yeah but it ruined me anyway by thinking there was something wrong about telling me my truth they, I was functioning like a normal kid, but since I was functioning like a normal kid, but I had this truth, secret identity about me, they didn't tell me that. So by treat, trying to treat me normal, they was treating me different, which affects my normal. You right. know what I'm saying? It's it was so crazy. crazy. I want to follow up on
9: that because um, that goes along with depression. You know, being yeah. a foster kid is, is almost equivalent to being depressed. And, and yes. I don't want to dwell on a, on a negative topic, no, you're but, I, but I think right. that, it's, I think that it's, it's a part of your identity. Yes. and And... I've heard, and I heard this TED talk recently that suggested that in the African American community, it's even more difficult to talk about depression and anxiety. Oh, for sure, it gets buried. So, yeah. so what you're doing because with the they Sixers... don't
12: think it's masculine and strong.
9: Exactly, you got to be
12: a tough, strong black man on top of right, just exactly. being
9: a, a tough person. And all,
12: all the people in hip hop and all these gangsta dudes are fronting. Yeah, like, in reality, they're soft. You know, and what happened was the mighty king of rock admitted that he goes to therapy and he was depressed and he was an alcoholic and he went to get help. That's changing some people's lives because they were all ashamed. And it was like, don't say nothing because Daryl was adopted I'm not ashamed of my situation. Like if, if I was born in a telephone booth and can't find my parents, I'm going to talk about that because yeah. that's part of my identity. That's part of my my therapist said what happened was this prior to me. Um, well, I had to stop drinking because of pancreatitis in 91. So that was the universe setting me up for what was coming. Right. So from 91 all the way up to when I found out I was adopted, it was all cold turkey. But when I found out I was adopted, I started drinking again. Mm. And my wow. wife, I love women. Because you're right all the time.
8: <laughs> <laughs> my wife goes,
12: my wife, women are very into, intuitive. Yes. I say I'm drinking because I've found the new celebration of my identity. My wife looked me in my face and said, Emma Effort, you're drinking because you can't emotionally handle the fact that you're really adopted. And when she said that to me, it was truth. But I was trying to drink. I was trying to use that. So once I found out that I was adopted, Everything started to make sense because in 1993, when we put out Down With The King, um, Pete Rock from Pete, Pete Rock and CL Smooth. Remember, in the 90s, hip hop had changed. Yes, you know? it had. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We were still respected. Yeah. Pioneers, legends, but nobody cared. So in 93, <laughs> Pete Rock produces Down With The King. And I came with the lyric, taking the tours and wrecking the land. I keep it hardcore because it's dope, man. These are the roughest, toughest words I ever wrote in. Not meant for like a slow jam. Sucker MCs can never swing with thee because of all the things that I bring with me. Only G.O.D. could be a king to me. And if the G.O.D. be in me, then a king I'll be. So everybody bowed. When everybody started bowing and praising us and they put me and running J on the throne, I laid in my bed. We started touring again. Well, um, the the paydays was bigger in the 90s. We're back on the charts. 93, we're back on the charts with two of we them. We did shows with Tupac and Biggie and Diddy and everybody. I would get off stage and go to my bedroom and I'd lay down. I don't want to live no more. I want to die. And I just said this okay, something in me was empty. And I laid down. I said, okay, let me get this straight. I'm Darryl McDaniels from Hollis, Queens, New York wife and Banners, My Mother and Father, Outfits, My Brother, Run and Jay and My Friends. This thing called hip-hop comes over the bridge. Me and Run make one record, one single, that was hit. Then we made another single, that was hit. Then Russell gets a grand idea. we going to make an album. So we did the album with Rockbox, which was made us the first rap group on MTV. Yes. Then the next year, we did a record called King of Rock and All the Rockers. Mm-hmm. everybody, Black people hated us. We never got really? the cover of Jet... Yeah, they were scared of us because we looked like drug dealers. Okay. You know what I mean? We never got the cover of Jet Nebity, but Rolling Stone and, and Spin Magazine saluted us. Bon Jovi and Cher and all the rockers loved us because we had the balls to say that we were the kings of rock. <laughs> <laughs> like, who did these de- de- <laughs> <laughs> They loved us to do that. You know what I'm saying? We did the king of rock video... With us going into a fictional rock and roll Hall of Fame museum that didn't exist in '85, with Larry Bud Melman at the door, <laughs> yeah. from, Letterman. from so the Letterman, L- you yeah. guys can't come in here. This is a rock and roll museum. <laughs> then in '86, um, we do my Adidas. We get the Adidas deal, and then we do the phenomenal, life changing, world changing, not just music. Walk this way, and I've so yeah, that song right there. How did that? How did that come about?
5: Because I, I, that was. That was a, a pivotal moment no, for MTV, uh, yeah, yeah. for two forms of music. Right. How did that end up happening?
12: It, was, um, it wasn't really? it was deliberate. Hit it. Well, it wasn't this. This is the one we recreated. The original Walk This Way on a Toys um, in the Attic. We was going to sample it. Okay. And me and Ryan, it wasn't going to do this. Yeah. It wasn't going to do that. Right. It was going to be that beat. It was going to be, I'm DMC and the place to be. I've been rocking on a mic since 83. I'm the best MC in history. There will never be an MC better than me. And Ron was supposed to go, I'm DJ Ron and I'm number one here to get it done. Da-na-na-na. We're supposed to rap about how good we are. <laughs> <laughs> so at the time, Rick Rubin was working with us. So we, was, we, had, we already had this record sampled and looped. Ready to put our rhymes on it. And Rick Rubin comes in the studio. I know y'all know Rick Rubin. Yes. Hey Legend. You know, when he talks, he <laughs> does this. Why does this yeah, he do say, you know what, you ever see him do that? He yes. talks. You know what you should do? And we're like, what, Rick? He said, you should do the record over. He ain't had the beard yet, but his hair would move and everything. I'm like, why is this guy <laughs> nodding every time he talks? So we were thinking from a limited hip-hop capacity. Rick, what the hell you think we're going to do? We're going to sample and we're going to rhyme over it. He says, no. You should do the record over the way the man originally de- did it. So Jam Master Jay, rest in peace. Jay goes, yo, that might be a Grammy. Hold up, stop, wait, stop, turn the music, up, shut up, yo. Me and Run's like this. Y'all taking this rock and roll stuff too far, man. <laughs> we got rock rock, we got king of rock. We supposed to come with something awesome. Listen, <laughs> so with a little reluctance, they convinced us to do the, to do it. So Me and Run had to take the listen. I never. How much heard, of a fight did you put up? A big fight. It took us a week to come back to the studio to do it. Because Rick says, because remember, when a DJ would spin it for us to freestyle, they would never let the vocals play. Mm -hmm. As soon as it went back to the beginning. So Rick takes the record, the vinyl record off the um, turntable, says, here, go in D's basement. Put the record on the turntables. They still exist. You know, the yeah. long yellow notepads. <laughs> right, yeah, Leo Those pads. things been around since yeah. the dinosaur. Mm-hmm. He said, sit there, let the record play, and write out the lyrics. So me and Ron go in my basement. We put the needle on the record, and it went like this. <laughs> you know, with the yeah. dust. Yeah. <laughs> we sitting there, you know, eager to see what's going to happen. It says, <laughs> Backstroke lover, his voice is, come on. We on the phone. Hell no, this is hillbilly gibberish. This is country bumping, mountain music. We are not doing this. Y'all are bugging for one whole week. For one whole week, me and running hit out from him. The <laughs> only thing that got us in the studio was a week later than the very next Sunday. A week later, Jake calls, and I'm the whole week. Every time we would, um, the phone would ring. I go to run because we used to to pick it up because we knew it was them. Yeah. We, were, we didn't have your ID and all. Yeah. It, <laughs> so you're running. This is me. The whole week, every time me and Ron was together, you pick it up. No, you pick it up. you pick it up. That's running for the whole week. So finally on Sunday, I pick up the phone, and it was Jay. Yo, guys, what's up? And as soon as Jay started speaking, you can hear Russell. Russell Simmons runs, brother, in the background. Joey, you mif my effing this and that and stupid-ass Daryl, you follow? So Jay goes, yo, Russell, stop screaming. Now, you know these stupid little kids, they never going to come. So Jay said, Hey guys, listen to this. We are, Where y'all at? We in the studio, and this was the kicker. Rick done went to Boston and brought Stephen Tyler and Joe Perry here to the studio, and Jay was using psychology. And he was like, Yo, Stephen's in the studio busting your ass on your own record. Whoa. So me and Runner said, But Jay, we're trying, we're trying. <laughs> <laughs> Jay said, come out Jay Come out, come out. Jay goes, Yo, come to the studio and do the records the way Run DMC st- would do it. What you t- remember what, what you talking about. Yeah, remember? yeah, yeah. Different strokes. What <laughs> you talking about? What, what you talking about, Jay so He said, yo, you know how you'll switch off and go back and forth. All right, Jay, we're gonna come, but so we get to the studio, and I never we finally get to the studio and we walk in, and Steve and Joe is like standing in the hallway going into the, you know, yeah. to, to the control room. So me and Ron walk in true story. I go, Oh, oh, shoot. <laughs> it's the Rolling Stone. <laughs> that's all i do. We do. You know oh, Rock the black people was connecting with <laughs> you. That's it. But yeah. Steve took it lightly. Steve was funny. Rick, um, Steve said, no. He puts his arm on Steve. You know how he does yeah, it? Yeah, Steve? yeah, yeah. Those are the other guys. He says, we're Aerosmith. And that kind of like broke the ice. And then we went in and we made the record. But the funny thing is this, and this is what I, the message to all the kids that you're working with, this is the message to young people. Always be open to do something different and try something new because it might not just change your life. It could change the world. We finished the walk this way that you just heard. Mm -hmm. So run, I mean, Russell, Leo Cohen, um, Steve Plotnicki, Corey Robbins, um, our, all our publicists and the whole record label in it, are celebrating like, yo, this is going to be great. So me and Run thinking we have power. We look at them, they we give them five minutes, they all happy. So we thought we actually have power. We go, look, y'all can be happy as you want, but you're, nev- you're better never put this record out as a single. <laughs> so when Raising Hell drop album dropped, the original singles on Raising Hell was My Adidas and Peter Piper. Yeah, they white labeled, Walk this way, send centered- it. They, you sent it without a, uh, um, Nothing um, a it. right without writing cool them. on it. So they sent, um, Walk this way to all the rock <laughs> stations, but they also sent it to all the urban stations, mm-hmm. the black stations, which is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Which is brilliant because yeah. this is what happened right after that. Um, we on the Raisin' Hell tour. We can't understand why the album's selling so good. <laughs> so we come back to New York. We got a couple of days off, and DJ Red Alert, legendary hip hop DJ out of New York City, he goes, "I'm about to play the best rap song." ever. Ever, so me and Run knew it was going to be my Dita's, my uh, or Peter Piper picked peppers this dude throws <laughs> home walk this way. <laughs> <laughs> and all the black people
2: in New York City accepted it. That's the wow. whole story. Now, do you like the song? Or at the time, did no, you I like love it? it? No, okay. I love
12: it. I love the song because I'm a rockhead. I mm-hmm. never liked Michael Jackson. I live in like, Motown. I was a comic book kid nerd, so Marvin Gaye and Al Green, they sung about girls. Girls were yucky to me. <laughs> By the way, Daryl's wearing an I mean? ACDC shirt. Yeah. All, all I listen to is classic yeah. rock and, and alternative and metal. And you have, Big you shout have out some, to Lemmy. Some uh, collaborations
0: <laughs> yeah. with other artists which I'll talk about in a minute but let me cool. let me ask about Walk This Way again. So yep. so Aerosmith wrote that song. They yes. you know they they wrote the the lyrics, the melody, yeah, all that yep. stuff.
12: So did they they get all that they get all the up, yeah we don't get nothing off it. Oh, yeah. wow. except what now and the heat, you got, you got the heat. That, no no yeah people say we brought Aerosmith back and Steve and Joe admitted it. Yeah we did something yeah. great. The joke is they had that album. See this is what people forget. They had that album with Dude Looks Like a Lady and Angel, brilliant album. That was after though, was it not? What album dropped after that? They had that was they was pump, in the right? studio recording that album okay. that they dropped right after that. That wouldn't but, have taken off without this yeah, reintroducing their Aerosmith. Was this. Remember I said in 93 nobody cared but they still respected yeah. us. Aerosmith problem was nobody cared. Here's the joke. They could have made a record with God. Yeah, and had Jesus on the drum and Moses playing guitar. Everybody went, nope, it's fake. They, that's how far gone they were. When Rick called them, the story goes: Rick called, you know, their yeah. offices. Hello, I'm Rick Rubin. I'm I'm producing Run DMC, and I want to remake Aerosmith. Where the guys do it? Huh? Who? My name is Rick Rubin. This is, so they're gonna put Rick on. Hold on, hey guys, some guy named Rick Rubin <laughs> is on the phone saying he wants Run DMC to do the record. Do y'all want to do it? And they was in there working on an album. Steve and Joe and them. It was like, what do we got to lose? So they came and did it. It's so cool. It's but so it did for them, but it did. Look what it did for. Us.
5: I remember the. I remember how everything, the chronology of it, and and it was. It was. Yeah. It was credited as the song, and you guys were credited as the band that helped bring Aerosmith exactly, and well. and
12: gave birth to. Kid Rock said, "Run D M C and Aerosmith had a baby, and I popped out." <laughs> yes. I said, Travis Barker, Blink 182, Limp Bizkit, um, 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 Corn, um, all of those bands is because of what that union did. So. Well,
0: and and you guys, you also you 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 bridged a, a cultural gap. Exactly. Uh, as well, exactly, which was huge. Exactly.
12: And, and the still... metal kids knew they can li- we can listen to rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the rap kids we can listen to metal. Yeah, because yeah. it was a black and white thing. It, yeah, was. it was, Um, the, the, the um um John Small, the directed the actual video, the Walk This Way video. People say, "Yo, D," when Steven takes that mic stand and knock down that wall that separates y'all. They said that didn't just happen in a video. That was prophetic. It really happened nah. in the world. Yeah, and that's no. a, That's a deep thing, man. Yeah, it's a. Great so I'm video. proud to be part of that. I haven't. I was just pretending to be the King of Rock, <laughs> King of Rock. I was just joking, <laughs> and it came too. But that's why did. I tell all the little kids My the goodness. power of life and death, and all of that is on the tongue.
5: One question I want to ask you, going back, and because that was a, a fantastic story. But again, you uh-huh. mentioned uh, um, Aly- uh, Sarah uh, McLaughlin. Yeah. saving your life with
12: the song. Did you ever get to tell her
5: yep. what that song meant to you and what it did for you?
12: Yeah, I got a morph story. Y'all you know what the Morph is? The Morph, just go to Morph.com. It's, okay. It's, a, it's, um, it's um, a storytelling club. It's huge. M-O-R-P-H? Set. Morph? No, Morph. M-O-T-H. Oh, morph. Okay. okay. But uh, I told a story. I'm listening to Sarah McLachlan's record for one whole year. That's all I wanted to do. My manager, Eric, is over there in the other room. I wouldn't go nowhere. I wouldn't make Run and Jane ride and listen to Sarah McLachlan's songs. <laughs> but um at Ooh. the end of that year, I go to my manager. That Their thing was... Keep Darryl busy so he don't kill himself. (laughs) Yeah. So my manager, Eric, he's right over there. He gets two tickets to go to Clive Davis Grammy Party. He comes to me and he says, Y'all got two tickets to Clive. I'm like, F Clive Davis, F music, this and that. All I want to do is sit here and listen to Sarah McLachlan. And he goes like this to me. He looks at me with the two tickets. And the only reason I went is because of this. He said, I worked real hard to get this. <laughs> so in my mind, I said, this fool done sold his soul to the devil. We go to Clive Davis' stupid-ass party. So set change. We go, to, we get to Clive Davis' party. And, and my manager's funny. He says, D, because I stopped wearing a hat and the glasses because yeah. I don't want to be run DMC without Jay, you know what I'm saying, a lot. Mm-hmm. So he says, D, wear your hat. Please wear your hat for me. Why? Because if I wear the hat, it's packed at the cloud if if a bouncer see it and it happened. He saw me way in the back. Everybody move to the <laughs> left right now. They parted the Red Sea. And I walked in. Me and Eric walked right in and uh, party. So we get in there. And my manager's like, Yo, D, people love you, man. I know you're going through something, but you know, just go do Access Hollywood. Go do the red carpet. Nope. I said I'm sitting, it only came because of you, and I'm sitting here for one hour. And I'm going back to my hotel room to listen to my Sarah McLachlan. <laughs> so he's trying to do the management thing. And I start to count down 59, 58, 57. So he walks away and um, I'm sitting there I'm going back to my room to listen to Sarah McLachlan. And um, Stevie Wonder walks in. This is, and this is I have a book out, too, called Ten Ways Not to Commit Suicide. Yes, yes. All of this is in the book. So Stevie Wonder walks in, but he doesn't see me.
8: Ah. Ah. <laughs> his, boy, he his boy sees me, and we
12: might him. me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. his boy sees me and he beelines he turns Stevie DMC's over here because the guy wanted to say hi to me so Stevie comes over to me and and you gotta read the book so then Stevie leaves and then the last person I wanna see Buster Rhymes yeah. he sees me <laughs> ladies and gentlemen announcement <laughs> DMC the king of rock now these guys didn't just change music they changed fashion he's going to. it in my head, I'm like, just get the hell away from dissonant buses. So he walks away. He's and then Alicia Keys coming. Hey, DMC, how you doing? Um, You know, I always see running Russell. I never see you. I didn't say I was because I'm, I'm depressed and alone and about to kill myself. <laughs> so she walks away. Guess who walks in the next minute? Sarah. Sarah McLaughlin walks yeah. in. And I go, oh, shoot, that's the that lady who made it. Like a new offer, but I yeah. didn't know it. Get it together, D. I'm trying to figure out. Get it together. Walk over to her and tell her what her record did for me. So I got my confidence up. As I'm coming to her, I got to handle so she sees me coming. When I get to her, she goes, it's tricky to rock around, rock around, That's right on top. Walk this way, my Adidas. And she, everybody always hits the, yeah. <laughs> the b Yeah, and She was like, yo, Run DMC, Daryl, you know, I love you guys. You guys are great. And in my mind, I'm, I'm trying to keep myself alive. Here's another good reason why, D, you shouldn't want to kill yourself. Even Sarah McLachlan likes your music. So I just say, Miss McLachlan, I just want to tell you something. The name of the record is Angel. You sound like an angel. People say you're an angel, but you're not an angel to me. You're God. And I just went on. I listen to your record every day. And they sing that boom, 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 boom. And you let it all so out? So I finish, yeah, and she looks at me. And she probably was thinking, no, oh, I just wanted to say hi to you. <laughs> so she, looks at me, she looks at me and she says, thank you for telling me that, Daryl. That's what music is supposed to do. Shakes my hand and walks away. Three years go by. I find out that I'm adopted. Then I get this idea. Oh, I'm going to make a record that's going to talk to all the kids in my situation. <gasps> and I'm going to get that lady that's going to make the re- that her record did to me. So three years later, I got to record with Sarah McLaughlin. Wow. Yeah, we did a song called Just Like Me. And um, I put my story over a Harry Chapin remake of Cats in the Cradle which is a song about a father who had no time for the child. But when I was a little kid, that was one of my favorite songs ever. So, see, all of this started making sense. So I called Sarah McLachlan up, and I was like, yo, Miss McLachlan, I wanna, if you thought I was crazy three years ago, you're going to really think I'm crazy now. <laughs> I just found out that I was adopted, and I want to make this record that's going to touch people the way your song touched me, and I want to do a remake of Harry Chapin's record. Will you do it? And she goes, yes. And I go, whoa, that's easy. Yeah, Because <laughs> usually talk to the manager, and the manager's got to talk to the label. But then I say, okay, I'm going to bring you to New York. She says, no, Darry, you could come to my house in Vancouver. Cool. so, I fly so cool. To, Long story short, I fly to Vancouver. We make the record. Now, remember, I heard a record. I listened to it for one year. I go to a party I didn't want to go to. I get to meet her. That's what music is supposed to do. Three years go by. I find out that I'm adopted. Now I'm in Vancouver making a record with her. Before I left the session, we all getting ready to leave. She said, Daryl, wait. There's something I need to tell you. And I go, what? She goes, I was adopted too, and I did not know that. Uh, Same thing. What the so with the vibe of her record was the because it's all about feelings. And I tell kids, I tell um, adults, anybody going through something, if you don't admit how you feel, whether good or bad, you never heal. Once you release that, you can deal with the things that you're going through. The thing that I represent is not fortune and fame and not celebrity, and that's what I want to represent at this event. I represent what happens when you give a child, regardless of their their situation, every opportunity to become the people that they were put here to be, regardless of what they're going through. we all going to go through things. And the thing with um, depression and anxiety and um. All the mental health issues is this. They look at us like there's something wrong. Mental health is no different from the feeling. Like if you tell me um, I'm cold, I don't look at you and say, you don't be cold. You yeah. shouldn't be cold, but when I was telling my friends, "Y'all, I want to commit suicide, they say, D, you shouldn't want to commit suicide because, or oh, you're DMC, none of that matters. Now, I feel like I want to commit suicide. So the same way if you told me you was cold and I would turn the heat up or give you a coat, we got to turn the heat up and give these people a coat. If it's hot in here, I'm going to turn the AC on. I can't tell you, um, Kathy, if you go, man, I'm hungry. Don't be ha- hungry, Kathy. It's all a feeling, and sometimes those feelings are not, I feel like, a million bucks. For the Since this world has been in existence, it's nothing wrong with a person saying, I don't want to live no more. What's wrong is how we've all been reacting to that. We shunned that person. Run Jay and J- Run, Jay and everybody in my crew said, D, suck it up, this and that. Hmm. They pushed me away, so what did I do? I isolated myself. I would ask my manager when we were going to, what hotel you running Jay? This is before Jay got shot and killed. That was another thing that I had to deal with. Hmm. I found out that I was adopted. I'm depressed, suicidal, alcoholic guy, and then Jam Master Jay gets killed. So I had to go to therapy. But I would isolate myself. What hotel you all in we had to marry out. I find a different hotel, but what when I was doing that, that made me sit all alone thinking i 'm the only one that was going through that, but it wasn 't until right. that I got help. I realized it 's just a feeling you, And I can deal with those feelings you
5: raise you raised a whole bunch of great points As so we could, we talked to you for for hours I and know, hours I but know. but to, but to that point mm-hmm. about that. Is that you know the, the everyone wants to do the quick fix. Well as you said, don't do it don't think don't think that way. Right. You can't what the person really needs is the support and the commitment ah, to support. Yes.
12: When a person goes into therapy, the people waiting for that person to come out need to therapy too. Because now I come out a new being, people around me, they can't deal with me. Yeah. I'm not a different person. I'm the person that I was before. All of the nonsense went down. Here's a funny joke. When I went to therapy, like you was talking about the black thing, yeah. the black masculine cool thing. When I went to therapy, I'm sitting there. First day of my therapy, um, I'm 35. So my therapist probably was 46-year-old white guy. Typical doctor guy with the you know hey. clipboard and a pen and a glass. Looks
5: like Freud. Yeah. yeah. The <laughs>
12: first thing he asked me was, Daryl. During your whole career, with Run DMC, that Run, Jay, or Russell, or anybody in the music in, in the music business, do anything to make you mad, so I'm thinking nah, no, nope, never. So he he looked at me. He took it. He put his pad down. He put the pen down. He took his glasses off and he looked at me in the eye and said, "You're a goddamn Emma effing liar." Wow! And that hit my soul. And guess yeah. what happened? Yeah, man, 1984, <laughs> just, and then in 1984, when in 1985, it all poured out. Yeah, yeah. I was using the alcohol, like, there was a lot of records. My fans think this is hilarious. There's a lot of records that we made that I didn't agree with, but I just made to make Run and Jay happy. The thing is like this. The most important thing, that the most important person on earth, this is the only time we should be selfish, not with money, food, and material things. The most important person's feelings on earth is your feelings first. If you don't take care of you, the physical, emotional, and mental, yeah, and your relationships—that's the apart. thing. I say that all the time. Yeah, it's man. not selfish. If you're yes. a happier you, the people around you are happier. Everything falls in place, yes. and that's what I'm here to represent a tonight point. with the '76s. Yeah, I, I got a question yes.
0: for you, yes. and check with your manager because we got to take a break. But uh-huh. I want to talk to you some more. But do you guys have to? You got to get out of here right now, or they got to go? Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. I'll come yeah. back. If you got to come me. back. Because, I mean, you brought us—you brought us some records. I'll come back.
12: Up. I just got a turntable, and we got back from the dead. The I, you know what? I'll come back when I get back from South by Southwest, and then we could talk music and yeah, all, come all in. of this. Absolutely, is in those songs now, yeah. We've been loving this
0: because yeah, you've collaborated with a bunch of cool people. Yeah, Miles Kennedy. Miles me Kennedy. and Miles
12: Kennedy produced by John Moyer from Disturbed. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rome from Sublime. I got Sammy Hager and the immortal Joan Jett on this record. You are the king of rock. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Yes, coming true now. Yeah. Kids, dreams do come true. I'm fulfilling my rock and roll fantasy,
0: <laughs> like the record says. And uh, you guys aren't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yet. Yes.
12: Yes, they are. 2009. Yes, the oh, yeah, Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wanted yeah to we sure got in. in the happen. only thing that we everybody said we get in. The only thing that wasn't real on our records was um, sample drums. Right. Every guitars were live. It was all so live. So everybody screamed at Gene Simmons about Rundy. Now, Gene Simmons had a point. Gene Simmons had an issue. He with had it. A point. Yeah. And he I think, that, honestly, he's... a lot of us
5: were wondering, well, is this going to be rock or is this going to be hip hop? And there was a blurred line. Right. But, but now.
12: Well, all of Rundy MC's hits are rock songs. Yeah, yeah. Tricky is a rock song. Yeah. It's yes, Mascherona, Mascherona. Mary Marries The Beatles. Yep. And Rockbox completely original produced and King of Rock. Yeah. We made rock records. That's what made Run DMC crossover. It's true. You know we say we didn't make funk and rap records that cross over. We made rock songs that brought everything together. So we got a pass going in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: very cool. Alright, then you gotta promise to you gotta come back and talk about I'm gonna to come back yes, definitely. Right. And we could talk about the music. Thank you for having me. Of man. course, man. It's you're a fascinating individual. It's so great to have you here and and the feedback on our text message board is through the you've really You've really spoke directly to the core of some people that are saying they needed to hear yeah, what you Yeah, we are had all the say. same man and don't be ashamed if you have gone through anything. You're fantastic, Daryl. Thanks Thank for you being for here. Having me. Daryl, DMC Thank
1: you. McDaniels guys. Yeah. We're going to take a break
0: and we'll be right back. Stay with us.
1: My Hotel Philadelphia presents
8: M come
13: out
1: and play. M
13: Saturday, September 25th at BB&T Pavilion.
1: And now, through August 31st only, you can pre-order your MMRBQ concert shirt at the WMMR.com Rock Shop.
13: Guaranteed delivery before the show.
1: Featuring Jane's addiction, the offspring, and cheap trick.
13: Plus, every ticket gets general admission for the first five bands:
1: Dirty Honey, a little, a little of it. Dorothy. Now that I'm gang van halen aaron jones and foxtrot and the get down
13: MMRBQ 2021 from
1: 93.3 wmmr
13: everything that rocks
0: presented by live casino and hotel philadelphia in the heart of south philly game on i saw this uh this study it was interesting uh yesterday Uh, Of course, people can now buy marijuana for medical use in 29 states and the District of Columbia. And it's increasing. And eight states have legalized marijuana for recreational use. So there was a study that was done to find out which professions smoke the most pot. (laughs) Which Uh I thought was kind of, hmm, I wonder who the biggest potheads are out there. So if you guys were to guess. Yeah. You're just saying it now. Makes me, uh, I,
5: I, and no one, besides entertainment and stuff, obvious things, I would think, um, no one
0: occupation immediately comes uh, yeah. to mind. Like,
6: well,
0: uh... Server? Then you say server. Uh, let me, let me. You guys.
6: I think it's like something that's that's got to be relaxed. Like the, uh, the whole.
0: On it, the job
2: or, or, or.
6: No, no so not friends.
2: on the job, just in general, just here, that,
0: that are pot smokers. Okay, that are, okay so like they the
2: musicians work. are not part of this, right? Sure they are.
0: Okay, musicians. Okay.
6: Yeah, I'm going to say artists.
0: All right. I, I'll go with that. Uh, artists, entertainment. Accommodation and food services wow. industry. Wow. Nick is correct. Wow. Uh, 30% of workers reported smoking pot at least once in the past month. And uh, those in the job category, food preparation and serving. Had the highest use of 32% of workers. How many smoke on the job? Like they'll go up and offer a toke to the people at the table. Now that, uh, (laughs) probably not that many.
2: I actually had a friend of mine who got arrested while, while working. Uh, he a smoking pot? He was a server, oh, and no. he went out to the back uh, alleyway oh, to no. smoke a, a <laughs> bowl for a quick second and got arrested oh, my God. while he had, like, I don't know, eight tables no. or something like that. Oh, Could you imagine going, like, where is where's my server? And right. he's in jail.
5: <laughs> it, it, yeah. It, I had a, a similar situation, but, uh, well, not me. I was driving with my agent, my comedy agent. Yeah. I might have told this story. Um, so he he smoked he smoked pot all the time. And it was the summer and we're driving along and we passed by cops, I guess, mm-hmm. and they could smell the residual. And uh so they pull they pull us over and uh he they, they start going through his, his they ask and they can look through his bag and they see these white strips pressed in that, that kind of look like LSD. Yeah. And um and so <laughs> he goes, what's this? And he goes, Oh, oh, and my my uh, agent wore a, a wig. Those were adhesive strips to his wig oh, on his. Yeah. So he tears his wig off his scalp and goes, <laughs> <laughs> and tears
7: his hair right
8: off and from oh, of the my cop God. and goes, it's from my wig. <laughs> and, and the and the guy
5: started laughing. The cops started laughing so much. He goes, get out of here.
8: Oh.
0: I'm getting a lot of text here. A lot, some people are saying landscapers, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, painters. Is it more? Says. Is
5: it more a case, Preston? Would you say that people who have more or idle time or need to d- decompress, people in high stress jobs? Because these are, or or people who just I don't know. I, I'm
0: looking for a hard and fast rule here, and I'm not getting it. I'm thinking more along of of. Um, Where it doesn't take a lot of cognitive ability to do your job. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not thinking while you're serving, while you're waiting tables. Right, you're working. But you've done it so much... That it's fairly routine in the steps that you take and you go through, whereas you have like an IT person or somebody who is uh, working, you know, as a lawyer or that that has to uh, create strategies and things like that. I understand what you're the saying. Of the yeah. day, there's the, there's the they're work, not going to be they're not going to be smoking a lot of weed.
5: The work level can can, it, it can and is often very uh, very demanding, but you're saying that's a guess. It, it, it's something that you can. You can do while
9: you if you were a little stoned. Yeah, yeah I think landscapers kind of would do it out of boredom. You know, like it just it, it, it is the same routine. It may be different lawns every day or different gardens or whatever,
0: but it probably helps to pass the time. But then again, we're thinking of smoking pot while you're working. This is just in general, right? This right. Is people, just this type is of recreational, people, maybe? yeah, pot smoking. I
5: think so, well, but it might it might hold true to the same thing. Well,
0: no, or, I or somehow be... or another, people that that gravitate towards smoking pot gravitate towards serving. Tables, you know. I mean, yeah, want to get
2: you food. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't that's, smoke before. That's what I'm about. I couldn't do it before because I was a server and I couldn't do it. I couldn't smoke and then be around people where I needed to, like, talk and stuff like that. But right. That's right. Just Would there, a, would there well,
5: be an issue, though, if you get the munchies and you're mm-hmm. and you're eating their fries? Come, yeah, so You're, you're going to like these.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Chicken and McNuggets are delicious,
5: man.
9: <laughs> Casey, to that point, I, I've kind of gotten into rock climbing uh, over the last year and a half. And there are a lot of people who are in that culture who love smoking pot while doing that. and Out, Outdoors people, outdoors trail people, guides. But, but, but uh, outdoor activities that require uh, paying attention to what you're doing, like handholds and footholds and things like that, and they
2: love getting
9: high. And I'm like, yeah. I, I have to... Focus on what I'm doing at that time. Like, to me, that's...
2: Yeah, for that's me, it was more, Completely separate. It was like uh, anything hand-eye coordination, yeah. D- exactly. D- bring it on. No, no, bring it on. Oh, bring on the pie. Anything that involved verbal, like, I couldn't even smoke and then go to Rita's and, and, and order <laughs> a water ice without messing that up. i, I mean, mean you you know, like a water ice, please. But, you know, go out and, and play Frisbee for three hours or... Then you were fine. Yeah, totally. So then, then you could. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh, had a great text game. <laughs> it says, anyone twirling a sign?
2: <laughs> what is that?
0: <laughs> you know, those spinning signs. Oh, people stand right, on the, yeah, on the yeah, end yeah. of a, you know, out in front of a store and five, five hours spinning the sign around. Hang on. Let me go to some calls. I have Adam. Hey, Adam, good morning.
7: Hey, good morning. Gadzook. Gadzook. Buddy, what's up, man? Hey, so, uh...
14: I know from experience, but, you know, I'm thinking like the number one profession of uh, recreational uh, cannabis users would probably be sales.
0: sales. Sales. right? And why? What's your reasoning behind that?
14: Uh, you know, I mean, there's depending on the type of role that you have, let's just say you're like an inside salesperson, you know, a lot of your day-to-day is more, you know, administrative data entry, you know, cold calling, that type of thing. You know, that's something that
7: uh, definitely helps, uh, you, you know, know, at least stay focused and pass the time. I, I, stay I, focused. Stay okay. focused. Okay, so we're talking about Thanks. on the
5: job. I think if you're out, I think there's the potential that if you're out on the road and you're, um, you know, you're, you're going to different calls and you have to, you know, have an appointment that gives you like a
0: half hour, 45 minutes that you could pull over somewhere and yeah. light up. I'm going to go to Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Good morning. Hey,
7: good morning.
0: How are you? Good. What's up, man?
7: Hey, uh, I used to be a roofer, and I'd be, like, 18 stories in the air, and there'd be guys up there with, like, joints in their mouth while hanging off the edge. <laughs> well, you know what? That was
0: a question in this in this study as well. What about people in high-risk jobs? Right. A roofer would be a high-risk job. I mean, there's the potential for en- uh, injury there, no questions. But these guys were always smoking up.
7: Oh my God! Every time I had like nine guys on my crew, and every single one of them would be high, hanging off the edge. I'm like, "How are you guys doing this?" I mean, I couldn't do it. Jordan, right. did, you, did they did they
5: because Casey just indicated that that he felt there was a better eye hand coordination uh, during those times. Uh, did any uh, any of your coworkers say that's the case or no?
7: I'm I don't know. I never did it, but I'm gonna have to disagree. I think I was <laughs> freaking out. So. I think so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Yeah, it says, while the study doesn't reveal if anyone actually got high on the job, the researchers did take a special look at industries and in safety-sensitive occupations in which workers are responsible for their own safety or the safety of others. Those in construction, manufacturing, and ar- uh, agricultural industries all fell above the state average in percentage of workers reporting marijuana use. Uh, notably, health care, utilities, or mining oil, uh, mining oil and gas all had less than 10% of their workers report marijuana use. All three of these low use industries are also uh, those known to perform drug testing on employees as well. Yes, yeah. I've never worked anywhere with a threat of a drug test. Drug test. You yes. guys no. you've never you've been, been drug done. tested for any job? Yeah, here they no. test you to make sure that you have been smoking. Yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say, dude. <laughs> no. If they did that in our industry, I know. There would be no industry. Yeah. You know? But no, <laughs> I've never I've never worked a job where um random drug testing or anything like that was ever part of the requirement or part of the employee handbook or anything like that.
5: Years ago at W D R E in New York, which is like my second station they started to institute it with the higher-ups in the sales department. Yeah. And the the talk was it was going to go through the air staff and blah, 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 blah. And I think they all sort of came to the same conclusion you just did. Yeah. That they're not going to have an air staff. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> There's going to yeah. be no jocks. <laughs> uh, let me go to this anonymous caller. We have a few callers on the line wants to talk about a high school principal. Hi, you're on the air. Good morning.
7: Good morning. Hey, what's up, bud? Uh, too much, yeah. I've got a buddy who's a high school principal, yep. And he will smoke two or three times a week and on the weekends as well.
0: Did he indicate if other staff members, if a lot of the teachers' party?
7: Uh, no, no. okay,
0: because that's what you assume is going on in the teachers' lounge,
7: right? Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> they're ripping ball. Whoa.
8: Yeah. this he kid is that. so stupid. They have a mm. hookah, yeah,
0: where can just come and just grab a tube and start uh, <laughs> puffing away. All right, and then who else were you going to say?
7: Uh, the wife used to strip, and she would always smoke a bowl before she went on stage.
5: Oh. Mm-hmm. That would help. That would make things more fluid. Would, would it? Would it improve her dancing?
7: Yes, it would. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
15: yes, it
7: would.
5: So that so do the uh, will you, do you have a pole at home? Does she? Does she uh, ever uh, throw on the old uh, pasties for you?
7: Yes, we got a pole downstairs in the basement, and the friends always ask, but she
5: always says no. Interesting. <laughs> wow. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate it, the call. It'd be hard too, to to broker that deal, honey. Do it. the neighbors are here? Come on, give, give <laughs> them a give the a lap dance.
0: Yeah, let me let me yeah. go to Robbie, who is a lab technician, sees a lot of drug tests. Uh, hey, Robbie. Good morning.
16: <laughs> hey,
0: good morning, Hey, funny. All right, so you see a lot of people come in for drug testing
16: uh yeah i mean like so i mean it's a it's a pre-rec thing so if you want a lot of labs if you want to work at them you have to get a uh, pre-preliminary drug test so that happens i was actually i i I was clean for months and months and months before i got my job after i graduated (laughs) and then they told me they were going to drug test me and then literally just never talked about it so i stopped for that long and and uh (laughs) and never actually had to take the drug test but there definitely are people that come in For drug tests, or they, uh, or they get sent out for sampling, so they can they they do urinalysis at my work. Uh, They also do something called sperm (laughs) binding, and I found out yesterday what is that? All the sperm that uh, urinalysis—it's like uh,
2: now you said sperm binding or something like that. uh,
16: They also do. I just found this out as a side note that uh, we do sperm binding at my work, and all the sperm that they use for testing is in house. (laughs) And (laughs) what do you
5: handcuff two sperm together? What is sperm binding?
16: Uh, They use it's to. uh, It's like a technology that they use for. It's called reproductive technology. They use it to help people that have fertility problems. Okay. Yeah, they get sperm and they they basically test how how well it can bind to the egg, basically. So oh, all yeah. the stone sperm use. can't even find the egg. Yeah, yeah.
5: <laughs> Look, I'm looking yeah. for an egg. It's like of around.
16: Yeah, uh, yeah, right. yeah. Right, okay, yeah. No,
5: I, I have you. So, so in, in two questions for you, uh, do you think that in in states where they are now allowing recreational uh, pot smoking, uh, do you think that the the weight or the gravitas of the drug testing is going to shift? Is it going to if if more and more people might be doing it recreationally?
16: Yeah, I definitely think so. Obviously, of course, if you if you have a medical card, uh, but yeah, if Wentz is recreationalized, I think if you don't, I think if you have a government job, you'll probably still get tested because right. obviously still federally, you know, on schedule one. But yes, uh, yeah, but yeah, in terms of, I think it'll take some time. Um, but I think, you know, okay. what <laughs> lab do you
9: work in? I know you're relaxed at your job, but uh, I, thanks, We can't drop the F bomb at ours. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I, I was curious about that very thing. If uh, if you do uh, have a state where it is 100% legal, what what about the policies of companies about uh, what drug does drug use? testing
5: mean? Yeah. It, it, but he's he's right though on a, on a federally
2: well you got to think like the Denver Broncos or the Colorado Rockies or whatever yeah. you know it's it's recreationally legal there but the company says no yeah all right and so. the company
0: will be able to set its own mm-hmm. guidelines mm-hmm. all right I'm gonna go to Anthony once comment about the fact that the thirty uh, percent of workers in the accommodation and food services report smoking pot. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, Anthony, how you doing, man? Good. How you guys doing? Doing very well. What do you want
16: to comment on? So you said it was uh, 31% in the culinary industry admitted to smoking? Yeah. Yeah, the other 69% are lying. <laughs> 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 so I, I worked briefly at a five-star catering company in Philly, uh-huh. and my first day on the job, we were on the way back to the shop, my first day, a guy I had just met busted out a joint on the ride home and then when we got back to the shop they already had another circle going i was like holy cow these guys are insane
5: anthony i, I would i would ha- have to add um validation to what you're saying because my wife for years worked in what like the old um you know families go to a uh, place for thanksgiving the it's like a catering hall it's a, it was on a uh, long island new york and uh, and there was the case in the kitchen, and the st- everyone was a pothead,
0: everyone. And so she, she would see it all the time. Yeah, I believe it. All right. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate it, man. I mean, and,
5: and the demeanor of this place, Preston, was like a courier and I'd say, home for the holidays. And in the back, and you know, out in the parking lot, they were smoking their brains out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
9: So to Casey's point, uh, what's uh, you know, if, if the company says no, um, then it's illegal for the employees to do so, or not, not illegal, but you could get fired for it. Uh, what's the policy when it comes to recreational for teachers, like in school districts, if if you're in California or Colorado, if you if well, it's you got
2: to be a teachers' union issue there, right? You think so, or, the, um, or is it a state issue? Uh,
9: right. It'd be a
2: both. It'd be
9: both. I I mean,
6: wait, but what? what, what I'm pre
9: med, so I don't know. So, my question, Cassie, is if you're you're a high school teacher in Colorado, uh, can you smoke pot?
6: Well, if the schools are testing and saying no, then no. If you want to keep your job. Do
2: you know that? That, That's what I'm asking. Oh, if they do, I don't know. And then what if uh, it's not even recreational? What if you're a teacher and you have MS? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What if it is medical? I don't know. I don't
0: care. <laughs> yeah. I don't live there. I mean, there are
2: places that don't allow. Like, isn't U Penn like a tobacco free? Like Campus? you're not allowed Yeah, you're not. Are you not allowed to be a to smoker? To be a smoker and go to school there? No, 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 no. I meant like. I a, think
6: they they're like one of the companies the hen- health system. So, um, I believe Prudential used to do it as well. They would actually um, actively help you quit smoking. So they oh. would put you on whatever that Casey was.
0: Wellbutrin or yeah, Chantix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Narcan. Right. No. No, I can't. <laughs> no.
2: But yeah,
6: like they would actively. I don't think you could get fired if you were a smoker, but they would um, encourage you to stop smoking. And you're not okay.
2: allowed. There are certain places that don't allow you to smoke on campus. Yeah. Right, mm.
0: right, absolutely.
2: Mm. Uh, if, if you want to know the other pr- professions
0: beside the accommodation and food services, uh, these came in second place: arts, design. Entertainment, there you sports, go. and media. Sports. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sports. Huh. Yeah. A, oh, a, yes. A lot. Oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm just
9: surprised that it um,
2: was admitted to. I think, And
5: you'll um, be surprised the number one sport, curling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I think uh, the NBA for a while, I don't know if they do now, but they, they didn't, they used to not test for that
0: at Okay. All. Yeah. Well, uh, marijuana use was reported by 19 to 21% of workers in production life, physical, and social science, sales and related, and installation, maintenance, and repair. So they were third place. Okay. How about That's, in the world of neurosurgery? Uh, that it does not speak to, but I have seen a lot of texts come up. Are you kidding? Doctors, big time. <laughs> Sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, your left leg is
5: not in the game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting.
0: Okay. I just, uh, I I never... Stop to think about what uh, particular profession might uh, be the biggest in the world of uh, smoking popular. Yeah. Well, Uh, it's becoming more and more uh, uh, accessible and legal these days. It's changing. Uh, Pennsylvania. uh, Yes. You know, uh, medical marijuana. Just medical, not. not, They're 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 going to try to get recreational. Yeah. All right. Uh, Thank you very much for your phone calls. I appreciate it. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Stream W anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant...
7: can you believe football is back this eagle season there are huge prizes to be won at acme Enter Acme, swoop in and win sweepstakes and you could win up to ten thousand dollars cash or 2022 eagle season tickets all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwin.com acme makes sure eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro stop in and discover why football is better at acme the official super Market of the Philadelphia Eagles and MMR's Preston and Steve Show. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show
11: podcast.
0: We have uh, some people here in our studio that are going to perform for us, and I'm really excited about this. I mean, we're all huge Beatles, yes. huge, uh, and I've seen a number of tributes to the Beatles over the years. I've seen the Fab Four yeah. on a number of occasions. Uh, last year, we had them at the uh, um, uh, the uh, da, 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 da Pops Philly Pops. Uh, did a tribute and it was wonderful as well. And my friend Will has seen this group and said we got to go see them. So I'm gonna try and go see them on Sunday. Uh, it's a tribute to the Beatles and rave reviews, and it is called Rain. And we have all four members yeah. of Rain. Yeah. here this morning on the press. And awesome. Steve show. So we have we have. Uh, I I, hang on a second here. I got to make sure we have our audio. Uh, we have uh, all four members here. We have Paul and we have Steve and Aaron and Alistair who all play the parts of John, Paul, George, and Ringo. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Thanks for coming. Case, we got to bring that volume way up. Casey's our engineer this no, month. Oh, Ronnie's over here. Ronnie just showed up. We had a last oh, minute. Uh, there we go. We'll need, we need some volume brought up. I got him pinned. We're all tweaking the way up. on the fly here, but it'll, it'll be perfect. Oh, no. And uh, a special come on, come on. tribute this time around. Nice. Very well done. Is the 50th anniversary of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And this is the first time that you guys have tackled the album from beginning to end. Is that correct?
11: Yeah, and all live. Uh, no pre recorded tracks or anything like that. It's the four of us and our keyboard player. We all would do it live. Yeah.
0: I. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the tracks on on uh, uh, Sgt. Pepper's. That is an accomplishment trying to pull off this album live which you guys clearly can do because there's some uh, it was it was an engineering masterpiece it still is to this day. This album was recorded on a four-track recorder. It, it, George Martin the genius was able to pull all of that sound into four tracks by bouncing things around and they created technologies oh, yeah. that
5: that were instrumental
0: in what we now hear oh, and yeah. uh, yeah, commonly. They were, they were pioneers. Yeah. yeah. What is the most challenging song for you guys to pull off? On the album, do you think?
11: Probably uh, There were big three. There were the big three. Being for the benefit of Mr. Kite, yeah. Within You Without You, and She's Leaving Home. Okay. Uh, you know, She's Leaving Home is a big orchestra, so we had to figure out how to do that. Um, Alistair, uh, our George, is doing the string part, uh, the, all the pizzicato stuff and the harp stuff. Um, I'm playing the low uh, baritone uh, um, string part, and then our keyboard player, Mark Byer, is playing all the rest. Um, wow. Being for the benefit of the, uh, Mr. Kite, I'm playing the organ type of uh, the circus. Type type, uh, Calliope, wow. and uh, Mark Byers playing all of those um, uh, 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 circus type sounds. That uh, basically what George Martin did. He went into the Abbey Road uh, sound effects department and took everything you know pertinent, everything that sounded like a circus or a fair or anything like that, put it all together, uh, co- chopped it up, threw it all into the into the air, and and then put it all back together. So it's this like cacophony of sounds. And Mark Byers doing that like live every single. that's so cool
5: we we reference it the beatles complete is one of the great sort of short documentaries about the 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 band and the recording process and everything and reading about you guys and rain um you know it's 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 um it's clear there's so much love behind what you're doing in recreating this and reading the reviews and uh, people have gone to the show the level of emotionalism (laughs) because this is something that we can't have in its actual form, mm-hmm. but it's pretty damn close. And in fact, the Beatles themselves couldn't tour and pull off no. the more complex music and, and yeah. didn't. They wanted to go into the studio and be more adventurous. And so um, this is a, a, a history that could have been that we're sort of allowed to see because of what you do. Uh, is that, is that um, at the same time wonderful and daunting to take that on every night?
8: <laughs>
15: yeah, You said it.
11: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's 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 one of those things where we do what we do because we have a passion for the music and replicating it. And the audience is there because they love the Beatles. So it's really just a huge celebration. of the Beatles accomplished.
0: Well, and for those who don't know, the guys are dressed in their uh, their outfits right now. And this looks like Beatles circa 1966 to me. And do you go through the phases of the career throughout the show?
17: Oh yeah. Yeah, we do everything from when America was first introduced to the four lads on the Ed Sullivan show through Abbey Road and, and the Hey Jude bits and stuff like that and everything in between.
0: And you'll be doing that with this time around, including the, the entirety yes. of Sgt. Pepper's yeah, right? We made a
17: little bit of room within our, our second act for the entire Pepper Hobby. Okay.
0: I have some more questions because by the way, Steve who plays John is local. He's from Lansdale,
2: mm-hmm. which That's is very awesome.
0: Calls. I live right out that way. I live in Harleysville, so I'm not too oh, far from my. Lansdale. Yeah, right around the corner. But listen, we want to get a Song from you guys, and we'll ask a few more questions if that's cool. Yeah.
2: Real if, quick, Paul, are, are you going to be wearing your headphones or no? No. Okay. Let me, I'm going to take them off and, and pull them away from the microphone all the time. So it does okay. the feedback. Yeah, okay. So we don't get any live. feedback. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> at,
5: <Too> um,
7: <laughs> so you guys
5: are speaking our language. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Bill yeah.
0: <laughs> I got it. Wait one
5: second.
3: All right. <laughs> we'll do it live. <laughs> yeah. there <you>
0: nice. <laughs> all right. So uh, they're at the Academy of Music tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. We have rain in the studio whenever you guys are ready to perform.
15: Here comes the sun, doo 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 -doo. here comes the sun, and I said, it's all right. Little darling, it's me. Please.
5: was like almost going to oh, cry. Oh
0: my <laughs> god.
2: <laughs> I yeah, like, got a little choked up too. I know. It's wow.
5: so it's so oh. bizarre. So I'm halfway through the start I'm like Jesus Christ, I'm going to cry. Oh my god. It was really that hard was for amazing. me not to
2: sing along with it. You yeah. Know, yeah. know what I mean? Like that's it's, it's one of the, in the car, yeah, I'll sing along, but I you know. So, okay. <laughs> So, so a couple. Am of I questions. a pussy? Is that it? No, 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 no. no.
11: no, 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 no. It's a beautiful. Be- it's... Crying. Yeah, that's <laughs> the power of the Beatles' music. We see it all the time. Yeah, our audiences are just overfilled with the the peace and the love and the message of positivity that the Beatles' music brings. It's so cool. I, it's. I was blown away by that. I, it's uh, number one. You guys are great
0: musicians. Thank this you. is this is fantastic. You can tell clearly. You guys are wonderful and talented. Uh, to be a member of Rain, and by the way, is it? Uh, Are you guys, like, do people rotate in and out of this group, or is it just you guys?
11: Um, It has in the past, but at this point, this is the cast. Yeah,
0: all right, because some very specific things have to happen for you to be a member of this group in particular. Number one, you have to have a little bit of a likeness like the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be able to sing and play like they do as well. That's the foundation. Uh, yeah, and then and then Paul's got to be left-handed. I mean, <laughs> how, how do you look like him, sound like him, and be left-handed? And you your
7: force, name is Paul. And your name is Paul. You've got to force some things.
0: <laughs> it's bizarre. And uh, and also, you had to um, you know, you got to mimic these guys a little bit. So I'm sure Steve, you as John, have your uh, kind of bow-legged stance out oh, there, yes, yes. right? Exactly. George, guitar up high, and Paul, do you have your feet more together, and kind of you've got them together right now, exactly. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> and Ringo. And by the way, that's Aaron. That's that is uh, Ringo. Do you do the little head toss that he does while he's playing the whole thing? Yeah, he's injured his neck in the. I <laughs> believe it.
8: <laughs> Ringo was a swing he's
0: a collar right now. <laughs> he would swing. All right. It's just and and the harmony sound phenomenal. It's it's
5: it's perfect, and it's funny because as I was watching uh, the video of the performance, it just started to squint a little bit, and I'm like. There would be no way honestly even from from seats of, of way back you would you would easily think you're watching a Beatles concert, which is obviously the effect, but it 's more the music as you said it's, it's so, it 's it it's just a flood of emotions come back, and then to have the the
2: opportunity to see it perform live as close as you can get that 's an extra added bonus yeah uh, um so Preston is probably the big biggest Beatles fan that I know. Um, and there's a Beatles song that is my favorite song of all time. The Beatles aren't my favorite band, but my favorite song of all songs ever written in the history of man is let it be. Do you guys, what is your favorite Beatles song? Oh, mm. well, it depends on the, uh, the hour of the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
17: Cause they, they wrote songs for every emotion, every mood. So, I mean, it really depends. There's yeah. just over
0: 220. So. Yeah, I well, go in and out of phases. Right. Most definitely. All right. Yeah. So, Paul, um, that
9: song in particular that you just played uh, is a, a beautiful song. It's a George song, but. Um, I- This time of year, it carries special meaning for people in this area (laughs) because all of a sudden you start getting glimpses of what the sun is again. Mm -hmm. And there is all these metaphors that are attached to it. But at the end of the day, it's just a happy, uplifting, oh, my God, life may return kind of a feeling to it. Do you guys feel
17: that as well? Absolutely. Every night we play it.
11: Yeah. And that's that's, you know, all the music that that the Beatles made is is just an uplifting um, you know, it resonates with your heart. It's amazing.
5: Did you guys see the, the, the Ron Howard documentary? It was all oh, concert. A week, it's sure. just, it was wild to to see what they, a lot of people don't know that when they were performing like at Shea Stadium, they were performing over the actual speaker system of Shea Stadium. The right. technology hadn't, hadn't even advanced to the point uh, yeah. where you could have heard music the way you guys will play it in that, in that way. And obviously there's a certain point at which they stopped touring, but Uh, There's so much of of a live aspect of the Beatles that never existed, you know, and and, and so you, you bring it to life.
11: Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, they couldn't even hear themselves. I mean, that just uh, over the screaming show, alone, how amazing they were yeah, they as musicians—that they could be a band without even like hearing each other. They'd watch each other, and they could see. It, it was like a brotherhood. Yeah, you know, they could they could feel what the other was was playing. And yeah. it could be a band that way
0: because the recorded audio that you hear from those shows where they couldn't even hear themselves mm-hmm. is fantastic. So great. It, yeah. it, it, they were able to be on key and mm-hmm. sing in harmony without with each other yeah. without being able to hear each other against nearly fifty.
11: screaming
5: fans. I remember as a a kid, and we were going to pick my brother up from the drive-in, the movie A Hard Day's Night. (laughs) And I remember pulling, I'm a little kid, and we pulled up, and I'm hearing screaming as we're pulling up. To you know, this is from the cars, the people screaming, the girls watching the movie, and it was just something. That I, it, how tangible a memory I have of that.
0: Hey, when you guys uh, get a little bit later in the show, as the as the band sent, tends to age, uh, I, I'm curious because as performers, you know, when you're on stage, you can sweat a little bit. Yeah. Does your fake mustache ever fall off? Uh, oh, when yes. you it?
17: Yeah. <laughs> That's why I use the mic to just push, your yeah, face. push your face it. Because
0: they got hairy in the later part of their uh, yeah. careers. Yeah. yeah pretty some people get bummed
17: oh i thought that was a real mustache <laughs> yeah well
5: in about four years you'll be stapling it on so yeah velcro. velcro velcro mustache you'll have a surgical strip attached to your lip <laughs> brought to you by gillette
0: uh so this uh you guys have traveled the world i assume mm-hmm. uh, yeah as we just rain. played
11: the uh, west end uh london's version of uh, broadway in october played the london palladium where the beatles actually played wow.
0: how are you received in england
11: very well. I was surprised. Okay. I was kind of worried, you know, yeah. Americans coming in, being the Beatles, you know, to a bunch of, you know, English people. I mean, and, and yet they were so responsive because I, I think they realized that, uh, you know, we're paying tribute to their boys. Yeah. Are you finding, because
5: uh, I'll walk around, I'll see 13, 12-year-olds wearing Beatles shirts. Are you finding that there is a whole new group, uh, you know, of fans on the horizon?
17: Yeah, we see everybody from eight months to 80. Yeah. And everywhere in between. I, I like to call the younger generations the YouTubers because they end up yeah. knowing more than their parents and their grandparents
0: who are the baby boomers now. No offense to any baby
17: boomers. <laughs> they're <Still laughs> wonderful and
8: gorgeous. Now, <laughs> my,
0: my kids, I have three kids. They love the Beatles. We showed them uh, Yellow Submarine as oh. as babies, and they, they they loved the music. And so now they're fans. I was with my daughter, who's only 10 years old, in the car the other day, and I, I put on some Beatles. We're listening to it, and I go, hey, do you want me to... When we put on something a little more modern to listen to. She goes, "No." She goes, "Dad, by the way, who doesn't love the Beatles?"
17: That's <laughs> right. Oh. Good job, Dad. My girl.
11: <laughs> I love I w- it. I worry about anybody that doesn't like the Beatles. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I do too.
0: You know, I, it's a serious concern. Actually, and they
11: should be rounded up and put into an internment camp, Absolutely <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> or studied, yeah. or studied.
0: Yeah. Yes, at that, the very least, studied to yeah, correct that's that's that anomaly. Summer, yeah. uh, Rain on. is going to be at the Academy of yeah. Music. Do you guys have another song that you can play for us? Or no? Uh, we probably no could, sure. Yeah. yeah, why not?
11: All right, no, whip something up for us, sure, if you wouldn't okay. mind.
0: We'd love to hear one more, because uh, it, it just yeah. sounds <laughs> so good. One
11: more for the road, yes. All right, All this right. is it's Rain right. on MMR. Here we go. <laughs>
10: Baby's good to me know she's happy as can be you know she said so i'm in love with her and i feel fine baby said she's mine you know she tells me all the time you know she said so i'm in love with her and i feel fine i'm so glad that she's my little She's so glad she's telling all the world that her baby buys the things, you know. He buys the diamond rings, you know, she said so. She's in love with me and I feel fine. Mm -hmm. She said she's mine, you know She tells me all the time, you know She said so I'm in love with her and I feel fine I'm so glad that she's my little girl She's so glad she's telling all the world That her baby buys the things, you know He buys the diamond rings, you know She said so She's in love with me and I feel fine. She's in love with me and I feel fine. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, oh, oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Spot on. The whole run of the Beatles, man. They t- they do it from beginning to end. It's fantastic stuff. And uh, yeah, bring uh, it's all ages show man thank you guys so much for coming here we appreciate it thank you for having and uh us. and thanks yeah. for carrying on the uh the wonderful con- contribution that the beatles made to music it's fantastic let's hear it for rain everybody yeah. Yeah. Hey. And welcome steve back to his uh hometown <laughs> home. uh, we are gonna take a break be back in just a moment stay right there
13: Why talk on the phone? Just text MMR at 39333. Send requests, comments, or text songs for what we're playing 24-7. The MMR short code. Always open, never busy.
17: 39333.
1: Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Desire. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Desire file.
9: And the best of Preston and Steve's Bizarre Files brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Join Casey Boy and the MMR Rock and Rollers in the Bend to the Shore Bike Tour, August 29th.
0: This is the most... Swedish story I think I've ever read. All right. A road in western Sweden was covered in herring on Tuesday after an accident caused by an elk. <laughs> so a truck mm-hmm. was carrying herring.
15: What the f- is this?
0: And forced to brake to avoid hitting an elk, causing the vehicle's fishy cargo to spill all over the road. That's one crazy-ass story. Uh, between 10 and 20 barrels of herring fell out onto the road, most of them breaking open and covering the ground with the traditional Swedish delicacy. Oh, man. Uh, they said there's herring on a 100-meter stretch on the road, and there are herring fillets in a ditch, according to Robert Olesen from the local emergency services. Uh, The road was closed, while the team of six from the emergency services got to work removing the fish and clearing the road with the help of the truck driver. Elk and other wild animals cause thousands of road accidents in Sweden each year. Over 60,000 were reported last year alone. I believe it. Yeah, we saw reindeer and moose all over the place we were there, yeah. A hotel... Has come under fire after its new, quote, communist theme chamber features murals of Adolf Hitler and Nazi propaganda. So I don't know why it's the communist uh, theme. It should be the Nazi. It should be. Video footage. You have uh, Chairman Mao or something or Stalin. Yeah, video footage takes you inside the room in the Villa Love Hotel, which is said to be extremely popular among swingers. And randy groups looking for orgies,
5: and and, and somewhat unaware of history.
0: Uh, two, yeah, two yeah. giant images of Hitler stand on either side of one bed. The as, most famous communist of them all, as a massive swastika <laughs> hides behind a TV. But strangely, above the bed, the communist hammer and sickle can be seen mounted on yeah. the wall. Uh, Lighting up the whole room. They were enemies. And Sweden's own Mussolini. Uh, The (laughs) resort, located near Bangkok, Thailand, has sparked outrage, particularly among the Jewish community, for its lack of historical knowledge and sensitivity. Hey, we tried to make a theme room. Uh, How about this? There are lots of places it's acceptable to do pull-ups but an airplane is not one of them. No. American Airlines flight 2673 from Phoenix to Boston was forced to land in Kansas City after a passenger reportedly refused to stop doing pull-ups on an overhead compartment. (laughs) What the hell? A witness says the man who has not been named boarded the plane with two dogs and appeared to be drunk. After he began doing pull-ups, a flight attendant asked him to stop, and the man reportedly became verbally abusive. I'm feeling the burn. After being told to sit down multiple times, the man still wouldn't listen. I'll just go do it on the wing. The plane pilots were forced to land in Kansas City. Law enforcement officers boarded the plane and escorted the passenger off, and the flight continued on to Boston as planned. The man was not charged. So
5: I guess you'd be facing in towards the seats so that
0: your legs were bent in the aisle, yeah, hanging off the... Somehow or another, finding something to grip onto and, and doing that, and he he could find no place to put his exercise bike. By man. the way, do you notice a lot of these stories end with the line "the man was not charged in the incident"? Yeah, yeah. the people go, they have these crazy, outrageous, drunk outbursts on planes, and they never get any real. I do get
5: trouble. that. Yeah. They'll tase you if you try to bring four ounces of shampoo onto yes! a plane.
2: I hate- I do follow, there's an Instagram follow, it's kind of funny, it's called Passenger Shaming. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing what people will do and try to do on an airplane. I saw a picture yesterday of a guy who, uh, I guess he, for his son was potty training, he had the kid taking a dump oh my in, God. The, in the middle of the aisle on a During potty. During an yep, active flight.
0: During an active flight, yep, oh, there, there it is. There you go.
2: Okay. Incredible.
0: One last story. Kathy saw this. We got a nice chuckle out of this. A couple of University of Utah football fans learned that their hard-earned cash, $1,060 of it, was destroyed in their shredder, courtesy of their 2 year (laughs) (laughs) olds. According to a Twitter user, he and his wife had been saving to pay up for University of uh, Utah football tickets in cash. As they pulled out their money, the cash was mysteriously gone. That mystery was solved when they eventually found the envelope and the cash in the shredder. The Twitter community got involved with suggestions that the couple get out some tape, and another per- person stated that mutilated currency can be redeemed by the U.S. Bureau of Engraving and Printing. Uh, he joked that his son, tall for his age, is grounded from all fun. Uh, he also said there is a possibility the treasure de- Treasury Department will recover some or all the destroyed money amid several calls for a GoFundMe page. So... Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Thank God it worked out that way. I hope so. Yeah, and there you go. That's what I have for you in the Bizarre File this morning. Back in a moment. Stay with us.
1: MM Barbecue 2021.
13: It's an entire day of everything that rocks with MMR
1: and eight of our favorite bands:
13: Jane's Addiction, The Offspring.
1: Dirty honey. Need a
13: love. Dorothy now that I'm
1: born here. Mammoth. Wolfgang Van Halen. No Aaron Jones.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: And Jackson's local shots.
13: Foxtrot and the Get Down.
1: MM MMRBQ 2021.
13: Saturday, September 25th. bb and Pavilion. Tickets on sale now. Via Ticketmaster.com.
1: Lawn tickets start at just $25.
13: Details at WMMR.com.
0: There's a, this nice little montage of uh, uh, celebrities, a video that was on Ask Questions. And they're big celebrities. There's, uh Tom Hanks and Jessica Chastain and uh, a few others who yes. else was on there. Uh, I just saw Tom Hanks and Jessica Chastain. Okay, there's a bunch of them. They're talking about the, the first kiss they've ever had. And it's fun to hear yeah. these people that you, you know, uh, these celebs talking about their first kiss and, and so on. And, uh, and so we had a couple of clips. Uh, and I, I liked Jessica Chastain's. I'll go with Tom. Hanks <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It's, it's cute. It's, it's pretty. Yeah. standard. Yeah, it's standard. So here was Tom Hanks talking about the first kiss he ever had. Uh,
14: my first, the first real kiss in which we were both both invested of it. Where yeah. was it? Yeah. That was in a, you know, a. a that was in somebody special's uh, kitchen about 3 o'clock in the morning in, uh, in Oakland, California. Oh, yeah, we knew each other quite well.
18: Was it someone you became close to for a period of time after? Well, a
14: gentleman doesn't say, but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, all right. But Jessica Chastain's this is more likely uh, of an awkward yes. first time you ever And many to. of them are. Here we go.
4: Okay, this is so embarrassing. I was at a slumber party. I was, like, in sixth grade, okay, so I was pretty young. And the girls that were having the slumber party... The invited boys and so boys showed up and we all started playing truth or dare and a guy dared me to french kiss him and so he's approaching me and i'm backing up and backing up backing up and finally i'm like against the wall and i just close my eyes and just stick out my tongue and it grazed his nose like that and like like licked his face <laughs> a little bit and then he yelled "Ooh, she tried to french kiss my nose <laughs> And ran out and told the entire slumber. Party. It was f- fairly traumatic. And the good thing is, I will say, I have figured out how to French kiss.
0: Uh, that's And that is, that's standard. One little mess up, one little slip up, and then somebody goes and says something, and the next thing you know, it explodes before you know it. She scarred. was with the donkey in the closet, and that's how stories get built. So. Oh man, <laughs> do you guys have a first, the very first time? Do you have a story? I, I, We're talking I, I French,
2: do. right? French, not kissing? French, regular either kissing. One. Yeah, either I, I think or. the
0: first time that you actively went to it, this is a this is a romantic kiss. You know
5: I'll explain. I mean? Mine was actually <laughs> predicated. So I'm at a at a, 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 a birthday party for Debbie Foley, the neighbor two houses over, the Foleys, mm-hmm. and the. Uh, the dad had a Super 8 camera, you know, so it's a, the birthday party. We're in the backyard and I saw the half vanilla, half chocolate cups come out and they're, you know, they're going to start dispensing those. The ice cream, my favorite, the, the the money shot of the birthday party. So he comes out with the Super 8 camera and he goes, come on, kids, gather around. He goes, "So hey, somebody give Debbie a, a birthday kiss. And although, you know, boys are like, "You don't want to do that. And I'm, I'm like, and I'm looking at the ice cream thing. I'm like, you know. All right, I'll do it. So I went over and I kissed I kissed her on the lips for the uh the dad. In no, front of everybody? Because right. I wanted the goddamn ice cream. <laughs> That's why you <laughs> mentioned that so much. Yes. yes. You have such a fun
0: memory.
1: Of to course. To <laughs> do that.
5: Were you uh, how did it feel? I remember thinking this is this is this ice is cream nice. level. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Ted, everyone had a crush. Even the little boys in the neighborhood all had a crush. On, uh-huh.
15: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Good for you, man. Yeah. So but I I but I was also as... Ice cream was my motivation. Okay. Mine happened at in a uh, in a treehouse. Ooh. Uh, I like this. At a sleepover. And we had we had a couple of girls. It was just the guys that were sleeping. It was small, and basically a treehouse was. You found three trees, and you put two by fours, and you made a big triangle. <laughs> and Then you put slats across those. Yeah, and it was
9: a death th- trap. It was totally.
5: Yeah. Oh my yeah.
0: god! In fact, I think one of us rolled off of it <laughs> in the middle of the night and fell on the ground. Real <laughs> quick, <laughs> Wh- to me. Which random supplies did you bring up into the treehouse? Oh, I don't remember. It had. I mean, just junk. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just garbage, food, whatever yeah. it was. Pillows, perhaps. Yeah, not yeah. a little, uh, little champagne. Yeah, so <laughs> we had- <laughs> <laughs> so so it was uh, there were four of us, two guys, two girls, and uh, the, the girls just came to visit. They weren't staying the night, of course they weren't allowed to, but they snuck out or whatever. and I was probably in like fifth grade or something like that. and we played a little game called Truth or Dare. That has been the impetus Ooh. for millions of first kisses absolutely and and I it was so awesome. There was no tongue involved uh but i i really like this girl a lot and uh and so we we kissed on on a dare thing and it was uh but it was it was did you do butt to mouth? No I didn't. no i'm sorry that's a little mouth. more advanced i'm sorry <laughs> so so long kiss short kiss it was it was long for the time you know yeah. it was more than a peck that's for sure did you get nervous yeah yeah oh my gosh yeah
5: i was so fueled by a desire for ice cream that i was almost like an et when he grabs her in the uh You know, in the uh, in the classroom, yeah, that's when I was like uh, ice cream, yeah, and uh, but uh, yeah. Then when I thought better of it later, I'm like, I just kissed a girl,
0: and and I remember being, I was so happy. Were you? Did you go boast? Did you go tell? Because I'm such a, I'm such a, uh, I'm a romantic, Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and I was, I felt like I was in love. Uh, it didn't. Uh, I, I know. I found weird. someone to do my term papers. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I didn't. Whatever it was, it was it was pretty magical. Did you end up um, uh, having a little thing with her? A little... No, it was fleeting. It was uh, it was in the moment. And that was... Was...
1: Sweet Jesus
0: Christ, that was great. That's, That's the way, way it felt. So you know,
5: oh, and God. that was that is. That's just the bread in the meal. And oh, yeah. it, You know, little did you know. I was too young to even think about the other stuff. To conceive. And there's a beauty and an innocence to that, but so many times that first kiss goes
0: staggeringly awry. Oh, it can. Do you guys have a good experience your first time, Kathy? I was at a party. yeah,
6: And, you know, there was a bunch of kids around and I, you know, we were going out and, uh, yeah, this was our first kiss and I'm sitting on a couch and I was leaving and he kissed me goodbye and it was like in front of everyone. And I was older than, you know, than like all of my friends had already had their first kisses, so it was like a big deal and everyone knew. So like, wh- you know, as I was walking out I was like, oh, she had her first kiss. <laughs> You know, uh, so it was so, like
5: um, so he just like grabbed it, like like when yeah, because I was leaving, I
6: was like, okay, I'm leaving, my ride's here Bye. and then yeah, we were just sitting, like it was it, there. We were in, a, you know, my friend's living room. Parents were at the house. It wasn't like a drinking party or anything like that. And he
5: had to get back to his wife and
2: kids. No, oh. <laughs> so so. Uh, how old are you?
6: Uh, I think I was. Eighth grade. Okay. And was
2: this French or just a... Yeah, regular, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, Oh, wow. And you yeah. didn't know it was coming?
6: I mean, no, I kind of did. We were, okay. quote, going out. Like I said, you know, it was the end of the party. And, it yeah. Just, so you I, do,
5: do girls, though, I think we all, to some levels, you, you at a certain point, start ruminating on it yeah. a lot. Like, Well, I just, yeah. it, usually, you know, at that uh, age... About, about, how do you do it? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
6: No, I was, yes. Did I practice? didn't know... Yeah. No, I didn't practice, but I didn't know how to do it. Like, I had no idea what I was doing. How old were you? I think I, because I'm thinking of who it was. And you said you're about eight. No, no, I think no eighth grade. Oh, oh my God! I I think it was eighth grade because I oh. remember the the kid. He was a year younger than me. So it either either he was sixth and I was seventh, or I was seventh or he was seventh, I was eighth.
0: Sorry. You guys want to hear something insanely embarrassing? Yeah, please, <laughs> please. You talk about how. How naive you are, yeah, at that age, and what you think you might know, and and what certain terms you think they might sure. mean. A little knowledge is dangerous, and, and and they don't, you don't really know what they mean. There's a scene in uh, Risky Business where a guy goes, "Yeah, man, he effed her," and then later, or wait, he boffed her after school, and then later on, he effed her, and, and uh <laughs> Tom Cruise goes, "Dude, boffing and effing are the same thing." He's <laughs> yeah. like, "What do you think it was?" Like? I thought it was something else. <laughs> <laughs> so when, I, when, I, oh God! I've never told anybody. Right. I've never told anybody this in my life. You, would you would you prefer we not look at you? No, it's okay. <laughs> okay, okay. It's okay. It's just embarrassing. It All wasn't right. anything I did. It's right. I thought something. What was. was done to you? And I remember being in. I probably, no, it wasn't anything no, done to okay. me. I was probably like fourth or fifth grade. I'd already seen porn. I'd seen, you know, magazines. Oh. I'd seen, yeah. Not, w- not movies. <laughs> no, no, not movies. Like,
8: already
0: I, I, had a, I had a monthly membership to the local porn theater. No, back in the day, it was magazines. Okay. So anyway, but I thought <laughs> the term screwing, <laughs> oh. I didn't know it meant. Yeah, office. Yeah, I thought, and I'll be as as delicate as I can, and how I got this idea at this age, I'll never know. I thought it involved a fist and a butt.
6: Oh, jeez. No, I don't know. And the the movement,
0: the movement of screwing?
6: Yeah. Wow. Wow. Your parents should have monitored you a little better. Dude. That, That, I I didn't even know that that was possible
0: until (laughs) like... Maybe my (laughs) warped mind created that somehow or another. And gay porn is your calling. Yeah, maybe you were just ahead of your time. God, maybe I was. Yeah. Because, because that... now it's an industry. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. You were the inventor. You're the Kegel.
2: You really skipped <laughs> this conversation ahead. We're talking
7: about first kisses. I just,
5: it's baby, a good I, thing. to. It's funny to bring it up, Preston. Because in my head. I told you the first time I saw, and Bill <laughs> loves these conversations, <laughs> the magazine at the bottom of the garbage can, the neighbor's house. hmm I'm not saying it was their magazine. It was just at the bottom of the garbage can, and um, <laughs> the I was looking at um, a picture of mouth gratification sure. going on, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, as it, when you're a kid, like, why is he? What? Why is she doing <gasps> that? It pee pee comes out, <laughs> yeah, I and I and, I, and I, I I remember just going back, and I was almost like <laughs> sitting on the couch at home, like what the hell was that you're about? Just, you're just absolutely got, who? What? Yeah. You cannot even wrap your mind around it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So right. the idea of that as a <laughs> I'm sorry to do I'm no, sorry no. to jump the hyperspace. We just went uh, from from Mr. Rogers here <laughs>
5: first cast and a Valentine's card
0: and <laughs> screw. It's <you>. a hustler. <laughs> oh dear God, I'm sorry. No.
9: I know. The first time he uh, had sex, he said to me. That he just got swinged, and this was right around when. <laughs> Wayne's World. You were there when, when Wayne's he... World? No, no, no. I was in. I was at a friend's house, and uh, his girlfriend at the time lived across the street. And he came out, and we both happened to be leaving to go back to uh, to our respective homes at the same time. <laughs> and he came up, yeah, It was when Wayne's World <laughs> was right. popular. He got and swinged, and I had no idea what the hell
5: he meant. I was like, "Swing it!" Even per Wayne's World vernacular is a boner. That's what I thought. That you know
9: yeah, that's, yeah, that's you know, not an ad. So I thought he was trying to say something cute or funny or whatever. And then I, and then later on, I was like, wait a minute.
0: Did you did you guys have sex? <laughs> and he said yes. And I was just like, well, I mean, that's, it was so beyond he, me. He probably derived it from seeing it because when they would say swing, they would lift their crotches <laughs> yeah, up yeah, like that. Dude. And maybe he saw that motion and thought that that meant... I, guess. I, guess. I just got church I just got church lady. Yeah. By the way, here's a text. There's a few coming in of people that misunderstood certain things. Here's one that says, I once accidentally asked my uncle if he was going to go flog his log
8: <laughs>
0: because it was from Greece. You remember yes. Rizzo says yeah. that. Flog your log. And and he says, Do you know what that means? <laughs> uh, here's another one that says, Um uh, I love that. Uh, hang on a second here. What was the one on here? Uh, vacation with Ed Helms talking to the son about what he thinks a rim job is. is hilarious. <laughs> I don't remember that.
5: It's great because later on, the son is sitting with the girl he sort of had a crush on throughout the whole movie in their campsite,
2: Preston. And he asked her if, if she would like that. Yeah. Okay. I right. was at um, Great Adventure with my friend and his parents, and I didn't even know what I was doing, but I had a churro. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So you know what churro is. Yeah. And I took it and I put it right in my crotch area, (laughs) and I was like, and the the parents are there, and like I wasn't even, I was like, "Eh!" grabbing it, grabbing it it. and shaking it right in my crotch area. I was maybe nine, so you had no, it was no
9: sexual basis. Nope. Let me ask you a question because, Casey, I did not have, I was the oldest, but you had older siblings. Did they teach you at all about sex? No. Okay. No.
0: My my sister. I had a sister. And you had at least a brother, but he didn't uh, clue you nope. in? No. 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 Yeah, but you Not can even make even out a with your bit. sister.
5: No, no, yeah. no, no, he, no, no. My older brother was... Uh, my older brother Gene is is older by nine years, so he was, like, out of the house when I was starting to come into the, uh, the awareness period. So uh, everything I picked up, I picked up from my
2: neighbor's garbage can. Yeah. Well, ours was all, like, <laughs> secretive.
6: Like, we were like, do you think Jimmy
2: had sex yet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I remember when uh, I was... Um, starting to, you know, like French and had a girlfriend, stuff yeah, like well, that, and, yeah. that, um,
8: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that things perhaps were going to go a certain way. And I didn't necessarily, and I'm talking below the belt, and I didn't necessarily know what to do. I asked my friends, I'm like, hey, what, you know, like when you, like what are you supposed to do? Like I had no clue that, oh man. Did you know And it? I don't want to get too graphic here, but I didn't, I didn't know. That they were hand warmers down there. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I had no idea what was going on with the anatomy there. So I didn't know. Well, really? which,
5: which sort of raises a point. Like, at that time, you know, right now, someone, and I listen, I obviously, there, there's a way you would like things to progress. Most parents would or kids or whatever, you know. But you can go online and find, you know, there, there, and there, there are books and things and, and videos that are meant to help young people understand this stuff. Yeah. For me, it was everybody I knew learned by just finding it out on their yep. own. Mm-hmm. And, you yeah. know, and and it was it was so it made it, an, it. You might as well have been visiting another planet. It was such an alien concept.
2: Yeah, I, a friend of mine from high school was dating a girl, and you know. Let's talk about the word whack, right? Yeah. Like a weed whacker. Yeah. Well, I think she thought uh, Oh, that's that what you're supposed you're to do? So like you're interrogating it. it? Like hitting, yes. It? Yes. smacking. Come it. on. Where were you on the night of
8: August
0: 15th? <laughs> and these are that and that's how it is. Uh-huh. You you sometimes you misunderstand, you think you're supposed to do this thing because it has a certain name and you've interpreted it that Mm-mm. way and it turns out you were way off base. All right, so like my first
5: time with a condom. <laughs> <laughs> the girl I was with... <laughs> <laughs> Unrolled it. Oh, yeah, thing, yeah. As yeah. if you were putting on a sock. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm. what is that, that the way you do it? It's like 40-year-old virgin. It's like trying to put on a wetsuit. I can't. I can't get this goddamn thing wrong. Yeah. Like, like you're putting on a tube
0: sock. You see, I, didn't,
5: I
6: didn't know anything. I didn't learn anything. My parents didn't tell me. They I didn't took have you elders. out of those.
0: They took you out of the classes, right?
6: I didn't have older siblings. Um, and like, even, you're not going to ask your brothers. Well, but they were younger than yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even, uh, even friends. Like at that point, when, when you're younger, like you didn't want. to. Them to know that if you did that, because then you were considered a little slutty. You know what I mean? So, like, we didn't even talk about it with our girlfriend. I wonder
0: why you ended up the way you did. What do you
6: mean? (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? I'm very sexual. (laughs) As a parent, you know, you're
2: supposed to be the one that, that does the birds and the bees chat, right? But you're all, you're not supposed to be the one that does the technique check. Yeah, seriously, you <laughs> you know, my mom's
6: like... going to tell me how to give a.
2: <laughs> well,
5: yeah, <Please. laughs> go ahead, complete that. It's, it's it's right out of American Pie with Eugene Levy I you, you as he's describing, yeah. and and that's how uncomfortable it could get. Uh, we. <laughs> You know what started to serve the purpose was uh, cable TV at that time. You were, you would get your um, Emmanuels, yes. and your uh, you know your hard R movies yep. and your late night movies, and that was how you started to get a uh, an understanding.
2: Yeah, yeah, but now like all right, so these kids are learning via um, you know, it's all
8: uh, tubes,
2: right. tube sites and stuff like that, yep. and 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 that. Crap is just straight up disrespectful. Yeah. Well, you know yeah. What I mean? and, and in fact, but it, it goes back a
0: little bit. There was a Freaks and Geeks episode where one of the guys got a hold of a of a porn reel oh, yeah. and was watching it and he and he was a virgin. He had no idea. And he's looking at stuff and he's like, I am I, what I, I why why is he doing I don't <laughs> you're not it can't be this way. And he went to the coach, uh, who was Tom Wilson, I believe, yeah. And, yeah. and he said he and of course you would never see this day. He sat down, and he's like, Look, this is how it is. Don't believe that stuff you see on TV. I've even told my sons that. Mm. Well, just, I've said, I've said uh, "Look, I'm I'm not stupid. I'm sure you guys have found this thing called the internet and what's on it." Oh,
6: you had you <laughs> said, I'm like,
0: "I'm like, it ain't that way in real life." Right. And what do they say to, to
6: you?
18: They just kind of, "Okay, okay. Dad."
5: Yeah. Well, it's creating a world, and you know, we've read the, the reports where people are had this yeah. porn world expectation Fair. of. Right. Of intimacy yeah. that is falling far
2: short. It yeah.
6: doesn't exist. Well, I yeah.
2: yeah. all right. So Press, I, I listen, I commend you for saying that to your sons. And I just hope that anybody else is doing that for their sons for the sake of your daughter, for the sake of my daughters. Sure. Well, my dad. You know, have that conversation
5: with your kids. My dad went the extra mile and he mm-hmm. rented porn movies. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, kids, deep throat. It's gonna be wild.
6: How old are you?
5: I was a teenager, so I was, uh, I'd still- say I was... Uh, In this day and age, it's a jailable offense. Yeah.
8: Seriously, seriously. Uh, so,
5: there was much of my... We were, uh, for uh. Christ's sake, we were sitting there as just kids watching the Christine Jorgensen story about the first transgender opera, or the first successful one. Yep. And I'm sitting there with my popcorn and my snow caps. And I'm like, hmm, that's wild. <laughs> the guy started the movie as a dude. Yeah, yeah.
0: Wow. Uh, so how about those first kisses? Yeah,
6: <laughs> innocent first kisses. Innocent. I
9: was looking up this this book and I couldn't remember the name of it, but it's called "Where Did I Come From?" and it, it's from uh, the mid '80s, and it was um, quintessential for me in learning about puberty because I, I did not have an older brother. I didn't. My parents were shy about talking to me about it. Did I, you Did you ask your parents at all? No, and, and I remember my. I went to um, away a camp for two weeks, and my dad tried to have the chat or Aww. a chat with me about it. And it was just, it was embarrassing, you know? And it was embarrassing for him. It was embarrassing for me. And I was like, yeah, Dad, I know exactly what you're talking about, even though I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> just right.
5: make this end. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
9: Stop I, I this. I have to take out the trash. But this book, Where Did I Come From?, I, I would get this for my son because it's like... And my son is 11 now, so he's on the precipice of, sure. of knowing about these things, or if he doesn't already.
2: And it was um, it was really helpful. Yeah, because you, know, you don't you don't want your kid learning it from from another kid, but I sure as hell don't want my kid teaching another kid, right? Yeah. So and, and I'm getting towards that 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 point now. My son was just saying to me a couple of weeks ago, and my wife was listening in another yeah. room and just laughing because he was like, "I don't, isn't I think it's weird that you know, like my my daughter and my son saying this to me that Casey." Looks like you, and I'm like, yeah. Well, well, you know, she's she's part of me. He's like, yeah, but like, how? I don't I don't get it. Like, you know, she was made in mom, and right. she and I'm like, nah, yeah, but she's. You know, so he didn't understand about the seed and the uh and the egg and the right. making it to the and i'm like
6: oh you, you could have done what my mom Wine would just say. plus
2: <laughs> wheelbarrow equals
6: no my mom would just say quen do you want to go get ice cream yeah like completely divert the conversation See,
5: my father had a different approach he said i think we can learn a lot from harry reams <laughs> <laughs> i told you guys
6: this before my mom uh. took us to the zoo yeah. That's and, and we saw animals, and she was like, that's how, there you go, that's how babies are made. So, and we on were your like,
5: first date, did you throw your uh, poop? Really? Yeah. Okay.
6: I mean, she, yeah, she's still talks about it. She's like, yep, took you to the zoo.
5: Now's where we swing on a, t- <laughs> after sex, Kathy's first time, now we swing on a tire and yeah, yeah. throw crap at each other.
0: <laughs> oh, that's how babies are made. Nope. And there and that's why from now on, you're, uh, I'm not even going to say <laughs>
8: that. What do you
0: mean? <laughs> No, I was going to say doggy style, because <laughs> yeah. that's what you saw in the yeah.
8: <laughs> But prairie doggy style. Prairie doggy style. Yeah.
0: meerkat yeah. style. Wow. Okay. Um,
5: well, the innocence of the first kiss. The innocence of oh, the yeah. first right. And yes, screwing, yes. which yeah. was totally
9: misinterpreted.
0: <laughs> well, there, the, to you're, you're like a Roto-Rooter employee. I'm sorry. To Casey's
9: point earlier, there really are two first kisses. There's the innocent elementary school first kiss, yeah. uh, like that to the, you know, the playground one or treehouse or whatever. And then there's the first... French kiss makeout session. Yeah. I remember
5: that one. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, and I know we're, we're a little bit of a time issue here, but the first time you steam up a car, you, you know, that's, uh, yeah. that's that's the banner time. Yep, it's pretty
0: awesome. Okie dokie. <laughs> uh, we were going to talk about something else, but we talked about that, and that's what happens on the Preston and Steve show. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a break <laughs> and uh, be fine. It's all the yeah. Stay with us.
13: Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR.
0: Not only is our next guest a rock legend, <laughs> he's a bit of a character, too. <laughs> and we are happy to have him here in the yes. studio, ladies and gentlemen, of The Grateful Dead. And with this show, Vibrational Expressionism, uh, in our area for a few different shows, please welcome the one and only Mr. Mickey Hart. Yay! All right. Morning, okay. Mickey. Wow! I love the way you did that. Well, thank you.
4: I <laughs>
19: that, love the way was,
0: that was really great. You had rhythm. You had rhythm. Hey, see? Thank you. You know, who well, could ask for anything more? Let's uh, <laughs> let's get right into that. I, I love that you love rhythm so much. Um, it's uh, it's it's a huge part of your life. It's everything. Yeah, yeah.
19: <laughs> it's not melody and it's not harmony, but it certainly is rhythm. Okay. <clears throat> nothing, nothing against harmony or melody, but the whole universe is based on rhythm and i just happen to play drums which is fortunate
0: <laughs> yeah that's you- nice uh i was uh, i was talking with these guys off air i bet you're you're a kindred spirit in another great drummer uh stuart copeland uh who is also to this day a proponent of of rhythms and and living rhythmically as well exactly yeah do you know stuart Yes, they do. Okay, I figured you guys might be buzzed because you share that. We don't know them that well. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Uh, But you've used, you've found a way to infuse rhythm into your art, into the visual Mm -hmm. and the sonic Mm -hmm. and bringing it all together. I was watching a video of you doing your work, Mm -hmm. and it really is unique. Uh, I don't know of anybody else doing the type of art that you're doing. Mm, Perhaps. Can you describe it for those who may not be familiar?
19: Well, it's a pouring medium where I don't use a brush. And uh, as as I pour, I... Vibrate the uh, the canvas or whatever surface I'm working on, mm-hmm. and so that allows the paint to come up through it. And uh, then you see these little sparkling rivers, and you follow them, and it's it's kind of a, a map. It's a storyboard. Uh, no beginnings, no be- no endings. But and it's it's sort of it's all full of rhythm. It's
5: yep. a re- it's a representation of <laughs> it's a representation of that of the sound, which is absolutely a, a, like a straight A B. That here's the sound, and this is the art it created. Well
19: said. Boom.
8: Yeah. Boom. There you go. Do you okay. ever use um,
19: it's a visual is a visualization of what goes on in my head. As uh it's probably not many people <laughs> who might not want to go inside. <laughs> right. But that's what it looks like nevertheless. All right, that's cool.
9: Do you ever use uh heat or torches when um when using this type of paint on a on a...
19: Torches? Yeah. No, I don't use torches, but I do use heat. Okay. And torching is a little bit um uh let's see dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, but I do apply heat as well. That's a very good. Well, my girlfriend's an artist
9: and she's done this type of thing and actually uh I'm not but she introduced me to it and it's pretty amazing what uh a little bit of heat can do to to something that already exists. It's like uh, it's Absolute, almost like cooking.
19: Absolutely. If you know how to use it and uh, you learn the language of the heat and learn the language of the paint. That's what this is all about. So about I've been doing it for about 15, 20 years. Wow. And, well, it's, it's personal. It was a personal thing. I didn't sell it. I didn't go out and uh, put it in the galleries until recently.
2: I'm wondering, though, as uh, as an artist, have you ever created something that you're like, I don't, I like this too much. I don't want to. I don't want this to be out of my possession.
19: A uh, lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the big, that's the big issue with me, you know, letting it go. Right. Each one of them, you know, it's a piece of you.
2: Yeah, because I'm looking at a piece. uh, We were just watching a video in here, and and I was looking at it, and I was like, "I I, if if I created that on that, (laughs) I wouldn't want to give that up. I wouldn't want to give that one up."
19: Well, that's really a good observation, and uh, uh, but yeah, it's hard. Yeah, Uh, and it's also hard to know when to stop when you're doing this kind of work. You know, when the painting is done. I I think that
5: would be. I think that would be the an incredibly difficult step because especially the nature of the art that you're doing, but you're, what I love is that you, you've, ex, you've explored the effect of rhythm on, on the brain. and done some pretty intense research on it, but I mean, so when we, when we're first come into being, we're listening to a heartbeat, you know, when we first become cognizant of that and that, that informs everything that happens for the rest of our lives. What, what have your, have your um, uh, experiments and, and stuff that you've done with this? What, what have they taught you about how essential rhythm
19: is to, the, of being a human of, of what we are it's a very simple thing yeah 13.8 billion years ago the blank page of the universe exploded right a big bang and it created us and everything we're made of star stuff so uh it's all a rhythmic based universe uh, your heart beats your lungs pump uh, your eyes blink you walk everything is rhythmic uh, now if you can have a lifestyle like that and understand the rhythmic nature of, of life... Right. ...then you're, you've got to step up.
2: Okay. I, you know? h- how do you explain people that have no rhythm then? <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> hey, if you're... Can you comb your hair? Uh, yes. What's left
19: of it?
5: <laughs> no, he's got... I I'm gotta, the baller. Like, oh, yeah, how yeah. about that?
19: Uh, well, then you have rhythm. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's nobody who does not have rhythm. You might not be able to play a, an instrument because you have no skill. Okay. But you do have rhythm, for sure, if you're rhythm. alive. If you don't have any rhythm... Then... You did. Mickey, yeah.
0: r- rhythm doesn't necessarily have to be metronomic. It doesn't have oh, to be. No. Yeah, it can flow. Oh, the, ri- the rhythm yeah. of the ocean, the sure. rhythm of the
19: trees, the rhythm of life. I mean, it doesn't have to be an instrument. Uh, the, the instruments are a way for us to uh, focus. Uh, you know, the you know the universe to mm-hmm. be able to you know mirror it and to be able to be part of it. That's why we have instruments. That's why we have music. There is no culture on this planet that doesn't have it, Does not have a music. Right. So there's a reason for that mm-hmm. because. It's it's uh, it's species specific and it's also species defining that defines us. You know yeah. that's our badge of identity, mm-hmm. our music, our our art. You were exposed to
5: um, a percussive instruments and rhythm early on. Your your dad um, was well known and well respected. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wouldn't go that far. <laughs>
19: <laughs> uh, he was and- a musician. He was a musician. Okay, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. go that far. Oh, really? <laughs> All right, but he did. He did dabble. Okay, yeah. Right. And then, dabble, and then you, you were working
5: in a, in a. In a. You had a job, and you you were. It was, it was, it was I had a, a job once. A jazz
19: club once. Yeah, yeah. 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 A long time ago, I can't remember. Yeah, having it was the last time I had a job. Just thinking of the yeah. idea of having to have a job just gives me the willies. <laughs> I mean, what, what would I do with the job? Oh my god! You wouldn't be a
5: nine to five guy working the cubicle.
19: <laughs> no, I <laughs> doubt it. But if I had to, yeah, I would. You would, yeah, yeah. But I don't have to, and yeah. I won't. Yeah.
6: But do, so you don't view what you do as a job?
19: Oh work. no! It's a service. It's a it's a service industry. I mean, that's what music is all about. You know, you 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 provide a place where people can come and have an emotional moment, and, right? And have and ritualize. So. Yeah, I know, and I think it's very profound, and I'm very, uh, what should I say, Uh, honored or blessed, or whatever you want to call it, to happen to fall into this universe as a percussionist or a drummer, you know, to be able to do that is, um, to you know...
6: But, but maybe even people the good hit, thing yes. people who are maybe in the same situation as you um viewing it as a job the fact that you don't view it as some you know you view it the way you do it's, is it's not easy.
19: easy but it's not like a job is like when I get up in the morning the first thing I do is think of you know the new the new day and oh, what kind of new rhythms there are in it and how I can interpret that and that's what music musicians do they interpret you know society and whatever you know mm-hmm. you've seen or whatever it is and then they lay down that groove and Every you know, every five, ten years you find a new groove and uh you work at it. Yeah, you do work at it, but you you work at play. You work to play. Sure. You know, I you have to keep your skill up. I play every day two, or three hours. Do you? You know. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you kidding? Absolutely. In order to get up there and do what I do. Yeah, I mean, it's an athletic event. <laughs> you know, it's not like, yep. it's not like you, know, you know, lounge drumming and stuff. This is the power stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of reinventing and, and, and finding new grooves,
9: um, I want to ask you about John Mayer because he's been with the band and touring with you guys for a stretch now. Um, and I think a lot of people initially dismissed him as poppy and um, not the really great, incredible guitarist that he is. And uh, from my perspective, he seems like the perfect fit for the dead. <laughs> um because he, he holds you guys in reverence, but he can also hold his own. Uh,
19: what are your impressions on John? John's a sharpshooter. Yeah. You know, he's he's a gunslinger, you know, as it were. Uh, and uh, his guitar, uh, he's beautiful. He plays great. Um, he fits perfectly in the band, and he's a nice guy. I mean, I, I know he has this reputation and all that stuff, <laughs> but... Um, he, I've never had a moment of weirdness with him. He's just a very pleasant person to be around, and he plays his ass off. You know, before he
9: was uh, a, a star, he played in the conference room down the hall for here in this in the in these offices. And uh, I went to see his show that night, and um, one of his strings broke during the performance. He tuned the guitar to itself and kept it didn't miss a beat. And right then, I knew this guy had it, and I was so impressed by his ability.
19: I'll tell you, when I knew he had it, was one day. When he was just joined the band, I had gotten him into this droning things feeding back, you know, getting a little crazy. And so he, during the uh, drums and bass part, he got down on his knee and he put the guitar into the speaker and he started feeding back. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at him, I was saying, oh, okay. So I walked <laughs> around to the front of the speaker, sat down right next to him, and I handed, I had, uh, on one hand I had... Uh, what do you call it? Lighter fluid? Yeah. And the other hand, I had a dick. Okay. <laughs> and, and so I just, he looked at me, I looked at him, and I said, I went like that. And th- for a minute, I thought he was <laughs> He was going gonna to do it? it. <laughs> you know, and then, so he took it he did take it while he was feeding back and he put the lighter fl- or he put the Bic on the his amplifier and he took the lighter fluid and used it as a slide
8: uh,
0: <laughs> and so he slide He, he didn't go fluid. full Hendrix <laughs> right and, he, and
19: I said John <laughs> you were going to do it weren't you? <laughs> and he said you know I was thinking, really thinking about it, but the guy who makes my guitar is in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> he almost lit his guitar on fire, so I knew right then he was okay.
2: Wow. Um, I, was, I was wondering if you had watched the Grateful Dead documentary that was on Amazon and what your no. thoughts were. No. No. It I, was very, I, very in-depth. Oh God! It was just awful. I just did not like it.
19: <laughs> you didn't <laughs> really? care for it. It was just—it was just a one-sided affair, and it was not for me, and not. It really didn't show the Grateful Dead in its totality. What it was did more they like? Did... It was more like a Jerry, um, okay. uh, you know whatever a that is, piece you know, a Jerry. memorial thing or whatever. Okay, he was, he was trying to do, but it wasn't really. It didn't have the heart of the Grateful Dead. Okay, that's for sure. There's been a lot done about. Yeah, it. They grateful. made me watch. Oh, I watched it once. Yeah. Okay, okay. Just to say, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. I didn't see it at at, at the premiere. Being and Bob and Bill, we went out and had dinner. Yeah. While they showed the movie,
2: that's funny. <laughs> he came back right at the end when they all started. <laughs> the yeah. Why I- and we go, okay, thank you. I was I wanted to ask you about some of the things that you do like. Uh, I was listening to. Uh, the concert in Paris, nineteen seventy four. This morning, yeah. Uh, what was besides the United States? What was your favorite country to play in? Oh, uh,
19: Jesus, re- that's, that's a good question. Yeah. It, it, I think that um, I think that I can't have I can't answer that question because. Uh, they're all good when you play good. Mm-hmm. You know, er, every country is the same. Yeah. I mean, if the music is played well and we have a great time, yeah. France is great, England's great, Germany's. It's all good if you if we play well. If we don't play well, the city sucks. <laughs>
5: <laughs> this place, we blame it on the
2: city. Of course, yeah. Franklin Port. <laughs> I also, as a fan, I, I there's an ebb and flow to the way I listen to your music, and and so. Um, recently I, I flowed back to, I, I guess I would, I, I ebbed back to, I'm back. I, I ebbed back <laughs> One to <ebbs>. to studio <laughs> albums. Do you, um, I don't know if you ever listened to your own music, um, no, but it, it, do you have a favorite studio album?
19: Yeah, I would have to say it would be, uh, well, it's, it was half studio and half live. It was called Anthem of the Sun. I think it was our second record, you know, back to 3,000 years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And that was probably my favorite. American Beauty, Working Man's Dead. They were nice, fuzzy, warm. See, my
2: first of- album I ever bought was Mars Hotel, so I automatically yeah. go back to that yeah. one and Unbroken Chain. In we my-
19: were never very good in the studio. We no. never could cage the animal in, uh, in the studio. When, and- when, did, when did you realize that? Was it, it seemed to be early on. Yeah, well, we th- thought we could make... You know, no one knew how to make a record, but, yeah. I mean, we didn't know how to make anything. You know, we were just musicians at the time, and we weren't really savvy on the studio. No one had a studio. Right. Now I have a studio. Everybody has a studio. So we just weren't producible. You know, it, 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 we there was too much anarchy right. in, in the band. Every, too many people wanting to do... Um, you know, they had strong opinions of yeah. it. Yeah. So, and we never really liked it in the studio of the four walls. You know, it was too captive. It was like a captive in the studio, and um, it just we never really made a great record.
5: Do you uh, like? Do you like the? Do you uh, approve or disapprove of the uh, of the, the the phrase or the the name jam band?
19: No, I understand what it means. Yeah. I mean, basically it's 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 jazz improvisation and yeah that's what they when they call a jam that means that you improvise right and some people improvise more and some people less some people just think they're improvising by <laughs> playing over chord changes you know so jam band means a lot and it means a little right you know right, at the same yeah. time you know but um yeah there was we couldn't remember what we played the day before <laughs> Don't be sorry. Okay, so basically, that's how we became a jam band because we just said, we just said, screw You know, and yeah. I mean, no one gets blamed. I remember one time Bob came off the stage. He was supposed to play something, and then we were going to do something else. Make sure you do that, Bob. And then when you do that, <laughs> we'll do this. Right. And then, so we came off the stage. Of course, Bob forgot. <laughs> and,
8: <laughs> and, and, and I and, can so see we that.
19: Went, uh-huh. So after, when somebody you know got on him. For it. I can't remember who it was, and then we all looked around and we said we can't do this because <laughs> if we do this we won't last. Right. So we never blamed anybody for anything, mistakes included. You know, it was just part of the show. Mm. Yeah. You know, it was, it's life, and that's why we lasted so long because we never played the blame game, mm. and that was the big secret. You know, in the Grateful Dead, you know, if you messed up, you just
0: move on. Just move on. For just tuning in, Mickey Hart from Grateful Dead is here with us. Uh, vibrational expressionism is his art shows. I wanted to ask you about um, you guys had a, a pop explosion in the late '80s uh, when you hit with Touch of Grey and Hell in a Bucket. You know, in the dark, um, was that fun? Was that cool? Was it neat seeing a whole bunch of people who maybe had not been Turner? you always had legions of loyal fans, but here, all of a sudden, boom! You had fresh music was and, and the tour was gigantic. Um, was mm. it fun? Oh yeah, it was okay. fun. But it, it, it wasn't quite like that. It, okay. Uh,
19: what happened was we were already playing stadiums at the time. Mm-hmm. I was eighty seven. Yeah. So instead of playing one or two days at the stadium, we we're playing three days at the stadium. Yeah. So uh, it really didn't
2: affect us much. We, we just you guys it. were touring. No, some of that I, shows. I, we anyway, you didn't even yeah.
19: feel it. Which we were playing
2: stadiums. Yeah, but you know what? I, I was, found was more out incremental. About you guys because of uh, a touch of gray there was a music video i was I was young at the time so yeah. you know so so you guys had a music video so you were totally reaching an audience that, yeah we uh,
19: never did really did the videos or yeah. anything we never did a single <laughs> so you yeah, yeah. we were not really part of the music industry you know we never played that game and uh, well, you know, if we lived by the single, we would die by the single, mm-hmm. you know, if we didn't have a hit. That's interesting. Yeah. It, it's, it's funny because I
5: remember becoming aware of the Grateful Dead, you know, through the iconic artwork that was associated with the band. Yep. What's that about? What's that about? So that predates, obviously, videos, but still... A visual medium brought me into the awareness of the music, which is very cool. Exactly. It
19: mirrored the music. Uh, in the old days, how that started was these artists would come to the shows, and we were all getting high, you know, in psychoactive yeah. drugs, like an acid and whatever. And uh, these were physical representations of what the music sounded like. They would go home and they would start painting It was are still high and the, that's what these things were representing. They were representing the music. How, how were you? Were you vetting
5: that, or were you? Was it just sort of if you want to do it, do it? Or did you guys? Would you guys kind of consciously say, "I don't like that. Doesn't represent our band right"? Or 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 was it a, just an open
19: o- open source? Well, luckily in our case, it, the people would come up with these incredible. Yes, you know. Uh, Iconic stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. We just had to choose between the good stuff. I mean, it was so much oh, good great. around. A lot of people went home and just did it, and we it was uncommissioned. Yeah, they just went out and said, "This has to be done." Wow. And so then all of a sudden we looked at it and we go, "That's us." And they go, "Okay, cool. That's <laughs> that's cool. it." Yeah. Okay. Wow. And it was just so very easy. Yeah. You know, there was so much great art. Um springing from the music and the scene itself yeah remember the those days that we couldn't we couldn't afford ads and and papers and so forth no nothing on the radio because remember it wasn't even afm radio then right <laughs> yeah and so we would the only way you could find the the shows and know when they were but we're looking at the posters yeah so the posters poster art became a, a huge thing yes because it's what caught, caught my eye well, that was that was the way we would advertise these shows, and it, they were slightly camouflaged as well, <laughs> so the straights the straights couldn't read it, <laughs> and they couldn't com- Well, they you went, know, they, oh my they wouldn't show up there, so only the heads would be there. Well, Mickey, yeah. the, the,
5: the uh, you'd see that you'd see the press, you know, on a notebook, somebody in somebody a kid in school sure would we'll draw the logo. What is that? Mm-hmm. What is that? And that that began. It was actually you guys were viral before viral. In a indeed, way. Yeah, yeah, indeed.
9: Yeah, yeah. Well said. Yeah. I wonder how much money you guys made just on college posters alone, because you know, like, <laughs> right? Walking up and down my freshman hall, they, they, you know, and that was
19: 1993. They were everywhere, and uh, it's just, um, it, yeah. it, it, I wouldn't, it, I wouldn't say that paid the rent, okay? Or anything, but uh, it, it yeah. was, a, it was a revenue stream for sure. But uh, you know, most of, hopefully it went to the artists. We were mostly interested in you come in, you pay your, you pay to see it see us play and then the, and, and that's what you know that's what you know that's it right i mean you know we wanted there was no there weren't even sh- uh sh- uh sh- you know uh um, shirts right back then yeah. there was no merch, merch right yeah. i mean kreutzman was selling it the the t-shirts out of his trunk <laughs> of the car <laughs> I mean, we were the first ones to do that yeah that's the wild. first ones to make you know band shirts and boost pig pen and yeah, stuff with yeah. A, you guys were pen.
9: trendsetters and, and also- <laughs> yeah indeed <laughs> well, um, you talked about uh, uh, getting high. Uh, they just legalized um, recreational marijuana in, in, in Michigan. Michigan. <laughs> yeah, uh,
8: just, it's, it's, I've got some for you here. It's state by state.
9: It's I'm legal. Go- uh, it's,
19: it's definitely. It's, it's uh, legal
9: in this studio. I don't
19: know if you it's know legal that.
9: Yeah, yeah, we voted too. Um,
19: what, uh, what What are your thoughts on legalization uh, state by state? It will happen. It'll happen sooner yeah. than later. Yeah. I mean, it's great business. For the states, you know the taxes and all that goes to, you know uh, and it's good for your, and good for the populace in, in general, you know it cools everybody out and brings them together in certain ways. Uh, it's helped eventually going to get you, you high and, uh, <laughs>
5: right. and
8: it,
19: it also gets you high that's but the most important thing
5: do you know well statistically they're finding in areas where where it is legal the the opioid issue has dropped where people have, can do pain management with uh, this mm-hmm. they're less inclined to be um turning towards uh you know gra- grabbing somebody's Prescription drugs, or something, or mm-hmm. or whatever you know, is leads to their
19: particular case. So it's interesting to see that happen. Yeah, that's opiate. It's dangerous. Yeah, know? I mean, you, you know, you go down that road, and it's it's not an easy road to come back. Right. From, uh, whereas smoking is a, is a pleasure. Yeah, and it's it's very easy to do, and it's uh, and it's just been you know since nineteen thirty seven it's been illegal. I mean, it was legal until then. Uh, and it 's been grown around the world it 's twelve thousand years old cannabis i mean the history of it going back to china so it in hemp uh Pythagoras used it. Plato used it. Some of the greatest minds, thinkers in the uh, in, in the history. Well, how
2: do you think it got them thinking in that direction? <laughs> <laughs>
19: right? Well, it, it be, they were inhaling the fumes from the seeds <laughs> yeah. and so forth. Yeah. You know, fires. You know, pits, yeah. fire pits and so forth. And it was a visionary thing. Yeah. So, looking back into the uh, into the historical record, you'll find s- m- most of the great thinkers yeah. uh, were uh, smoking. Uh, smoking cannabis, and having visions. And yeah. that's, that's
2: how we got, you know, what we got. I want to go back to the music real quick because uh, you had mentioned something about not really uh, knowing what you had played the day before. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but the last time that the, the Dead with uh, Jerry played Philadelphia, um, you guys had played Unbroken Chain for the first time in philadelphia ever Hmm. is that something that you were ever as a band ever aware of because as as fans (laughs) here in this as fans here in the city it was like they played on broken chain first time ever not not really okay we don't really
19: make the set list or anything or play those things because of that Mm -hmm. it's just part of the cycle it's part of what you know what comes up i mean i mean they used to have signs saying you know last dark star thousand days or something like that (laughs) okay and then we would never give into that and then of course on the thousand sevens we would pop open dark star or something like that right and uh we have so many songs it's like we have 450 songs amazing so we can do a whole tour without repeating right or many tours yeah (laughs) yeah and so it's just and we get tired of playing song, the same song over and over again. You what know? song
2: are you most tired of?
19: Oh, Jesus, that's a good question. I,
2: I uh, because I, I'm a I'm a huge fan of Grateful Dead. I'm also a huge fan of Fish and and Trey Anastasio had said uh, you know like you enjoy myself as a song that he was just tired of and then he got pinched by the by the cops he was doing community service in the Vermont you know fairgrounds and he at that moment he said man I would give my left nut to play you enjoy myself <laughs> all uh, you know every day for the rest of my life yeah so, well um, I
19: think we're in we're, we're we're at that point you know in the early days it was like that you know but now you know it's it, Every song is a good song if you play it well, yeah, and i can 't really think of a song that I you know don 't want to play or I want to put away because we change change up so many songs so okay. it 's not like we play the same song the whole tour that 's ridiculous i 've also heard artists in Grateful Dead world that would be uh that 's suicidal
5: yeah yeah i 've heard artists say also, but they 're 're reticent to say things like that what song they don 't like because because they know that for somebody in their in their fan base that means a lot and then to hear the artist disconnect from it sort of robs it a little bit of its importance i wanted to ask you when did you become aware that you know that we think of the classic the the hopping in a van and following the dead tour when did you become Mm. aware that was a thing where you were starting to have fans that were literally following you
19: all around well, we didn't really tour, I think, really until '68, right? Or something like that. And so, once we started touring, uh, it happened immediately. We was mainly a San Francisco band, yeah, you know? and we didn't like to cross borders for <laughs> obvious reasons.
8: <laughs> <laughs>
19: <laughs> so we stayed at home mostly <laughs> and enjoyed ourselves outside of the pri- outside of prison. <laughs> 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 But we noticed people. you know, We noticed people were, you know, following us, and then it got it became a caravan more and more, and then yeah. it became, um, you know, a scene in the parking lot. And, yeah, you know, everybody was there selling their uh, whatever. A culture, a community. Yeah, yeah. culture, and they kind of defined themselves. Yeah, I mean, we didn't make deadheads. No, they made themselves. Well, you-
2: I love that, like, because at fish concerts as well, that area in the in the parking lot, it's called Shakedown Street.
19: That's what it's called, yeah. It's called Shakedown Street. One of our records is called Shakedown Street. So they call it that, and It's it's a very friendly place. And you go there, and it's kind of like the gate into the Grateful Dead world. I love it. You can find out the ethos and so forth of the people and meet people. It's kind of, somebody said something recently that kind of resonated with me. And they said, it feels like home when we go there wow you know and i started thinking hmm yeah you got to know where home's at yeah and and so it's it's such a gathering place for ritualizing and that's what shakedown and and what our conscious is supposed to be they're supposed to be rituals to take you to another virtual place in transport you raise your consciousness it's not so much about the dance right Mm -hmm. it's about you know the changing of consciousness but of course the dancing is one great way of 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 doing that let me ask you with the uh with
5: the art and your 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 painting I mean, did people automatically take to it? Were you afraid you were going to get the "here's a musician trying to be an, a, a, a a painter" sort of deal?
19: I'm well, not afraid.
5: Yeah. <laughs> so what, what was what was that jump like, and and how well uh, were you received initially? Because I mean, honestly, we we were looking at the stuff; it's pretty amazing looking.
19: <laughs> there it is. Yeah.
5: So what was that?
19: What was that initially like? Well, uh, I didn't think of it as. Uh, it's art. You yeah, know. It, it is It came art, out. Yeah. It's right. you, you follow the muse, I and mean, when you're an artist, you know right. the thing that it turns you on, makes you do things artistically. And the uh, first time I did it, uh, I walked into the house, and uh, I my daughter looked at it. And she said, "You know, Dad, this got legs. <laughs> 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 That's pretty good. Legs. He liked it. Yeah. And so if my daughter liked it, and she she did not like much <laughs> does she like the dead does she uh, like that okay so i said okay
8: I said, i'll paint if you like it i'll paint it I,
19: um, I don't like much and i love it you know i mean i, I mean i i play music all day or i'm in, involved in music and then at night i go into my uh my zone and i paint yeah. I paint yeah. at night uh, okay. and, and it's it's kind of a synesthetic thing you know it's it's really synesthesia. You ever do I sta- enjoy my synesthesia. <laughs> at night? Well, who you ever, wouldn't? You ever stay up all night doing it? Yes, I do. I believe it. Yeah, you yeah. better believe it. Yeah.
0: Because I, to- knew. <laughs> because I do my best work before dawn. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you, the, yeah. you can take a look for yourself and uh, see Mickey Hart's work. It's called Vibrational Expressionism, the Art of Mickey Hart. And I do have one last request. When we get done here, can, can we jam off air a little quick? Uh, you for bet. A All right. Yeah. I love it. Excellent. I got some stuff for you. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, please give some love to the one and only Mr. Mickey. Thanks for coming by. We're going to take a break, and uh, we will be back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them, too. Check out the weekly rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. 93.3
13: WMMR presents Money Clips.
2: Wow, we have a lot of clips.
13: Your shot at stuffing 500 bucks in your money clip seven times a day. Weekdays at 8, 10 and noon, as well as 2, 4, 6 and 8 p.m. We'll play an audio clip from one of your favorite MMR DJs.
0: So true, Jackson.
13: And then give you a keyword. Text it to 45911. Or if you enter it at WMMR.com or our app, you'll also get entered for the grand prize. 10,000 bucks. What the f***? See complete rules at WMMR.com. It's MMR's money clips from... 93.3 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks your wallet.
1: Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, Desire. WMMR presents Desire. Preston and Steve's Design Final.
9: Sponsored by PA Career Link in Montgomery and Bucks County, they can help you find your dream job at pacareerlink.pa.
0: Bizarreness in the U.S. mail and mailboxes. Oh, my. Well, an off-duty cop is in hot water after picking up a prostitute in Brooklyn and leaving her in his still-running car. His service weapon on the front seat while he stopped to get some cash for their rendezvous. The hooker allegedly saw a golden opportunity when Officer Allie Shepard got out of his Jeep Wrangler to hit the ATM. She got behind the wheel and took off.
5: You can't even trust a hooker.
0: And while police have have since caught the lady of the night and recovered Shepard's vehicle... His Smith & Wesson pistol is still missing out there somewhere. Where's my gun? Yeah, where did I leave that? You're a bad hooker. And even Shepard's dad couldn't believe his 38-year-old son, a U.S. Army veteran who's yeah. been a cop in the last for the last 13 years, could be so boneheaded. When asked about it, he said, you've got to be effing kidding me. You always
5: keep your gun on you when you're going to the ATM for hooker cash.
0: Uh, dad, Eugene Shepard said from his home that he uh, shares with his police officer's son. He said, I'm in total shock. I would never have thought this. The man has been in the service twice. I've never heard that he would pick up a prostitute. Uh, Shepard allegedly hired Laquana Lawton, known as Unique, at at Liberty Avenue and Sackman Street around 1215 on Tuesday. They were headed to a motel, but Shepard made a quick pit stop to withdraw some cash from the ATM. That's when Lawton jumped behind the driver's seat and drove off with the firearm on the front seat.
8: Police found Lawton the jacked
0: Jeep and some narcotics and drug paraphernalia around 3 p.m. The gun was nowhere to be seen, so Shepard is now in a little bit of trouble from this incident. A University of North Florida dean has re- uh, resigned after he allegedly engaged in a sex act on campus. And wait till you hear the scenarios. So oh, a, boy. The soccer coach... Called police and told them that he saw two individuals engaged in a sex act in a stairwell adjacent to the stadium's press box. (laughs) Police said investigation revealed that Dr. Mark Tumio, dean of the College of Computing, Engineering, and Construction, met someone on an internet application named Adam for Adam and agreed to meet him on campus. When questioned, Tumio told police that he was just there to talk to the man about his bat business... (laughs) According to the report.
5: I'd really like to meet you in the stairwell to discuss your bat business.
0: Uh, he told police the man may have been bending down to tie his shoe. <laughs> and that may have looked out of place, apparently. Well, yeah.
5: After- and it's... A misunderstanding.
0: After t- telling Tumio that the man admitted to their sexual encounter, Tumio told officers he was there to engage in some oral. Uh, the man was uh, uh, issued a trespass Dr. warning. Doctor Mark,
5: Doctor Mark, I can't talk right now.
0: And uh, Tumio was, uh, uh, had uh, resigned, according to school officials. So he was he was. Wait a
5: behind. second. Here you have a guy who's really
0: trying to explore bat options for the team. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, gets right. in hot water. Waiting for a letter that never arrived, possibly? Well, it may have ended up dumped by a U.S. Postal Service worker along a South Jersey street. A Facebook post. (laughs) You're supposed to deliver that stuff, right? More than 3,000 times shows a dozen mail bins stuffed with items discarded off of River Road in Pensauken. Uh, the mail, discovered Sunday, was dated August 8th and oh, yeah. out for delivery from the Roxborough Station post office. Oops. Agents tracked down the employee who threw out the mail, but learned that the person resigned from the post service uh, back in, on September 8th.
5: You ever just look at one mailbox and think about all the life-changing potential oh, yeah. letters that are in one mailbox? Absolutely. And, and, and things that people are
0: desperately waiting for. So this guy quit and just dumped all the mail. Uh, authorities did not identify the worker or a possible uh motive for the bizarre incident. So they uh they it's got a felony. It. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. I actually
2: spent an entire summer painting mailboxes uh for because my mom had no worked. One asked you to <laughs> nobody asked me to. <laughs> no, no but not. my my mom worked for the post office. So I'd actually uh I would uh wash the vehicles ah. from time to time and then I also painted mailboxes and that paint is like super I don't even know what kind of paint it is, but uh, yeah. So that was an entire summer. It was good money, cash money, cash
0: money, cash money. Nice. Back to you, Preston. All righty then, I'll take the floor. Years uh, I... in mailbox painting. <laughs> a <laughs> a ninety year old cow. am
5: Michael Bolton. I to <laughs> tell you about the career opportunities available in the world of mailbox painting. I know. Last time I was talking about cows, but they seem to be better now.
8: That's good. <laughs> There
0: we go. A. Uh, uh, I'll move on. Okay. Oh, are a, you sure? Because yeah. I got this now.
5: I am Michael Bolton. <laughs> what are you doing next summer? How about painting mailboxes? Casey, Casey says the paint is very thick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. A uh, a ninety year old uh, California man was charged in the death of his stepdaughter after authorities said they found key evidence through the woman's Fitbit. Tying, wow. tying the man to her murder. Listen to how this played out. It's a terrible story, by the way. Anthony Vincent Aello was arrested in the death of Karen Navarra, who was found dead inside her home in San Jose. Navarra was discovered slumped in a wooden chair while clutching a kitchen knife in her right hand. Jeez. Leading authorities to initially believe that she may have killed herself. Now, an autopsy later revealed uh, Navarra's suicide was staged. Uh, she had multiple deep and intrusive wounds to her facial area and a head that caused uh, skull fractures along with ga- a gaping slit to her neck. Authorities ruled that the 67-year-old woman's death homicide after finding that she couldn't have self-inflicted the wounds, which were most likely caused by a small hatchet or axe. Now, police interviewed Aiello and found his account of September 8th the day Navarra died didn't match up to evidence found on security footage. Aiello claimed claimed that he was... Uh, That he went by his stepdaughter's house to drop off a pizza. He spotted her driving by his home later in the day. Security footage, however, showed that his car was parked at her house from 3.12 to 3.30 p.m. Okay, 3.33 p.m. Navarra's car wasn't seen leaving the home. Mm. So police also found a Fitbit device on Navarra. They contacted Fitbit and they got the data. They discovered that her heartbeat spiked at 3:20 p.m. and then slowed down and stopped registering at 3:28. So they had they had the, the time, time of death. the attack and the time of death. Ooh, dear from God, her Fitbit, and this was the same time frame that his vehicle was seen at her house. You
5: know that's going to Casey uh, with the the Apple Watches now. Mm-hmm. They have even more thorough suite of things like the Fitbit. So you're going to find this data being used in
0: investigations more and more. Yeah. Aello attempted to provide an explanation for investigators New Discovery, saying that he couldn't uh, have been with his stepdaughter when she was killed because she had walked him to his vehicle. Mm. He denied that he was present when she was killed and suggested that someone else might have been in the house. But authorities said they also located blood-stained clothes at his house, though he claimed that the blood was uh, from him frequently cutting himself. Uh, he was arrested on suspicion of murder last week. He's held without bond. This dude killed her. Yes. And they have the evidence. So that's pretty wild. I'd never heard of a Fitbit being used as evidence. But you're right, Steve. You'll see more and more of that stuff popping yeah. up. All right. And there you go. That's what I have in the beef out for you this morning. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. What's new? Why have you asked? Evanescence.
1: You. Rise against... We Dirty honey. K-F-I-G!
13: New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR.
1: The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash.
13: Rick Cooper
0: for Preston and Steve and the best of this morning. Let's take out the trash. Steve, what do you have for
5: us this morning? Well, Lindsey Buckingham taking his former bandmates in Fleetwood Mac to court after they dumped him from the coming tour. Buckingham says that he hopes that suing the band for $15 million will make them realize just how much they love him.
7: <laughs> hey!
5: Bethany Frankel is writing a tell-all book about the Real Housewives of New York City in which she reveals the cast to be a bunch of spoiled, self-centered sluts. Frankel says the book Real Secrets You Could Only Know just by assuming. Yeah. Hey. And finally, rumors are flying that Tom Cruise and Cher are dating again more than 30 years after having a brief affair. Cruise reportedly became nostalgically romantic for the legendary singer after opening up a
0: Ziploc bag of spoiled ham.
8: <laughs> <laughs> and Cher. And that's your Hollywood track.
0: I saw this story. Actually, Steve passed it along to me. Very, very interesting. Uh, and it has to do with uh, Disney, the happiest place on earth. Um, apparently this has been on the rounds of Disney fan blogs for quite a while. It's a story that's been things a a bit of urban legend, but the story is that people regularly scatter the ashes of loved ones at Disneyland and Disney World. Oh,
10: geez. And
0: today, the Wall Street Journal has confirmed the urban legend. It is indeed true, and it happens on a monthly basis.
6: Like without their permission?
0: Without their permission. Yeah. So Disney employees have apparently a special code to report when this happens. They have to
5: clean it up. They oh, do it, wow, To me, really? it, I don't know what the story is, or if it presents medical concerns.
0: But after a while, I think it would. Uh, it's called the uh, the special code they use is HEPA cleanup. H E P A, and I don't know what that stands for. Hepa, uh, human, some of the other maybe, but um, it refers to a. Oh, here you go. Here's what it says. It's if you're a vacuum enthusiast because. It refers to a special kind of filter you need to suck up very fine particles like oh, human yeah. ashes. Yes, because I
5: have those. I have uh, air filters in my house. You know those those yeah, they, hepa the, filters. Hepa filters. In yeah. there, they're, they're, okay. I, I don't know why I didn't put
0: two and two together there. Uh, for its recent report, the journal talked to custodians of the park who have taken part in cleaning up human remains, as well as at least three families who have spread them. And uh, I'll run this quote from the article in Please, a second, yeah. in case.
2: Go now, ahead. Do you guys remember, like, a decade ago or so, some guy ran onto the field at uh, Lincoln yeah. Financial Field during an Eagles game, and you just see this, like, powder... You know, coming out of his hands and nobody knew what that was. Yeah. And obviously, you know, people are you know were rice sure, yeah. uh, anthrax or something like that. Yeah. No, it was his dad's remains. Okay. And they actually ended up I think the Eagles, when they found all that out, ended up like not pressing charges or anything like that. But
5: it was the wish of the the, the, the dad or whatever the story was. But so so that's this, this similar. And the the mm-hmm. longstanding what people thought to be an urban legend was that this happened consistently. As you just said, Wall Street Journal's confirmed this happens
0: a lot. I wonder if you had a place like a stadium or something like that, where obviously there are lifelong fans. Yeah, where you could have like a designated scatter your ashes here zone. It might not be a bad idea for for
5: for, some, for a place like that, Preston. Like, I would I think, think
0: more, that people, yeah. though, more likely like this guy would actually want it on the field. Sure, you know. But
2: all right. But okay, so you would want it on the field. So obviously, you don't do it during a game or whatever. But if you could, you know, reserve a time to to come out there and, and do that. And and here's the have deal: it, like a memorialized sort of, you know. So you spread ashes nice out with
5: with bone fragment and stuff like that. If someone's, you know, and that happens a- enough, it's going to start to kill off the grass and stuff. I don't know how frequently, yeah. you know, th- something like that would happen. But if you if you allow it to happen, I think it'd be problematic. So in in this situation, they'll like take the ashes. And pour it into, a like, a little garden setup or, like, mm-hmm. a little flower bed. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's happening, you know, within the park proper.
0: So here's, uh, this is from the article. It says, current and former custodians at Disney Parks say uh, identifying and vacuuming up human ashes is a signature and secret part of working at the happiest place on earth. It is a grisly work for them, but a cathartic release for the bereaved who say that uh, treating Disney Parks as a final resting place is the ultimate tribute to ardent fans. Um, The Journal... That's me gurgling, by the way. (laughs) I thought you were getting emotional. Uh, The Journal uh, report continues with more specific details. It says, Human ashes have been spread in flower beds on bushes and on Magic Kingdom lawns, outside the park gates, and during fireworks displays, on Pirates of the Caribbean, and in the moat underneath the flying elephants of the Dumbo ride. Most, Most frequently of all, according to custodians and park workers... Uh, They've been dispersed throughout the Haunted Mansion. The Haunted Mansion is the number one location, Preston. Yeah. The Haunted Mansion probably has so much human ashes in it that it's not even funny, said one Disneyland custodian. It's not even funny. Uh, one can only wonder if the hope of being laid to rest in a Haunted Mansion is it will turn them into a ghost so that they can live at a, a Disneyland forever. <laughs> However, the truth of the matter is more somber. Some people agree to spread their loved ones ashes at Disney parks so they can feel like they're enjoying the place with them one more time. Wow. I mean... uh, apparently, sneaking human remains into a Disney park isn't all that hard. Families who have done it told the Journal that they put the ashes into prescription pill bottles or makeup compacts. A Ziploc bag hidden at the bottom of a purse will also work. Do you know it's very difficult, and a lot of people have said they've had extreme uh, issues with this, is when
5: you bring a full body in to bury it with a shovel. <laughs> yeah. You almost always get flagged. Well, well,
8: it takes a long time. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's heavy. Yeah. My, uh,
2: my buddy actually had to spread his uh, aunt's ashes into the Atlantic Ocean. That was a, a wish of hers. Okay,
6: uh, that's okay. Yeah, it's a big, giant body of water. Whales
5: crap in it. Yeah, if if you have if you have a place where whales crap, I think everything is up for grabs.
6: Like this place where all these young kids are. Like, I
5: I know, know. I know, and it is. If you think about, think of Kathy, you're talking about. For many, it's a global destination. Yeah, so you're having people from around the world come. Did they, and I didn't see it in the article person, but did they give a statistical estimation of how many people are per month are dropping off ashes?
0: No, I just said it, it happens monthly. Okay. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't know number-wise <laughs> how many there are. Where would you, if you were to pick a spot? Uh, you know, I, I, are you going to be cremated? I I, I want to be cremated. I, I don't want to yeah, eat up any that's, turf. That's our plan. Yeah. Um. And I haven't considered what to do with yeah the remains. To be honest, do I you want know. any
2: of your children to keep your remains? Not all of them, but it, some of them. Here's the deal. Over. I don't know.
0: I mean, over time, somebody's going to get tired of hanging on to those, and they're going to want to do something. You know what I mean? Once you're a few generations removed, they have no idea who are you, who you are and who you were and what you meant to people. And so, what are you get, what's gonna What's going to happen? Just we gonna,
5: barely matter now. It's to get
0: lost somewhere, so uh,
5: well, I don't know. I've held on to my mother's ashes for decades. where I, You
6: have them still? I
5: still have them, where and are so they? When, when my dad, they're actually in my closet. I didn't want to have it on a. You know, you don't want to like a la um, meet the Fockers.
6: We're just gonna stay with you all those yeah, cats. God, you,
5: you don't want to have all the cats.
6: Forget it. <laughs> yeah. You're you knocking
5: it, it off and taking a dump in my mother. Right. Is it a nice urn? No, it's it's in a nice it's like
1: a box, a box. inside a box okay. so
5: so uh it, it's there but when my 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 the wishes of my father when he passes that he and she would be uh would be scattered on the water of the Long Island Sound out okay. by buoy 11B which is an area between Connecticut
9: and um Long Island okay that's so, cool. Have so a definitive place. Right, I good. think the nice thing about when you're cremated too, uh, for the ashes that you can um, spread them in more than one location. Yes. So when my grandfather and grandmother were both both passed away, uh, my dad's parents, uh, some of them were sprinkled around their home in Wallingford, some were sprinkled around their home in uh, in our old house in Paoli, and then we took them to where they were born and where they grew up. So like you can take. The, it's a little odd uh, to to divide up the remains like that, I but think that's
5: actually kind of cool. If, was, if you were if you were to 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 just leave whatever yeah. for whatever
9: it means, it's you you're 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 in spots you love during life and and Steve to your point earlier like I, I my dad asked me to participate in the spreading of the ashes yeah. which was more than happy to do I love my grandparents but I did find it a little odd when uh taking the ashes out of the urn that <laughs> there are pieces of bone yeah yes. it's oh, not yeah. just like, they don't get everything it's not yeah. fireplace
0: ash you know yep, yep
6: I want you guys to do lines of me.
0: Oh, like no, snort, We need uh, oh, to snort Kathy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Finally we get some Kathy in <laughs> us. We're snorting them
5: off of Marissa's boots, though. What we should do is do it yeah. Do it like off a hooker. Yeah,
0: But listen, like, legitimately, if you are going to be spreading ashes and, and you need to take a note from um, the Big Lebowski, <laughs> yeah. is make, is, if it's windy that day, don't do it.
8: <laughs> no. Because, or
0: know where the wind is blowing. Yeah, because yeah. it may take them elsewhere.
5: That scene is... Is so effing oh, funny. It's disgusting. The ashes, oh, and they are they have it the gets in her mouth. Oh face and, and by the way, you know the, the average, depending on the size of the person, that like my mother was always you know petite, like 110 ten pounds, one hundred eleven pounds. So it's it's not a lot, right? You know, so so. But you in, know, in I, I assume some. Say, if you're dealing with someone who's. You know, a, a, a deuce fifty or whatever.
2: That's <laughs> a lot of ashes. Hey, can you um, can you actually cut body parts off and burn them separately so you know? I what think
5: you... that's what they do. Most families request that they chop them up and burn them in separate so, pieces,
2: so you know what body part you're getting. You know, it's like you know, getting a piece of the heart. I want a wing. You know, like I want, uh, I wing. want that piece right there. I want his. He used to kick my ass with his right foot. <laughs> So that's the that's the thing that I want. Oh, Are you t- watching Big Lebowski? Watching safer- <laughs> how Jeff Bridges?
8: Speaking of Bridges,
9: how he does not move mm-hmm. when all of Walter's, ash- I mean uh, Donnie's Dottie. ashes
0: end up on him. Uh, oh my God, that's great. Um, so Casey, you would you would want specific? I wonder if you could rather okay. you know. I don't. Know. I get the head. Uh, yeah. I don't know.
5: I think there's, there's probably every every funeral home has a, has a, a chart like it's almost like a beef chart when you go to a butcher, <laughs> yeah. which parts yeah. you want. We'll take the loin. Yeah, please. yeah. I like that cut.
0: Um, and then burn it up real good, please. No, they said it's easy to get the the uh, the ashes into the park. Uh, and although it says, though, uh, if you do get caught, the spreading the, the, the remains is, is difficult. It's got to be in the right spot, and you've got to hope the custody and not catch you. If they do, the park staff simply sucks them up with their special <laughs> HEPA vacuums. Uh, getting caught in the act will also get you kicked out of the park. Also, that's no way, if you know that if
5: if you're going to take a, a pill bottle of ashes and pour it into a garden quickly, it's going to be hard to see that. I don't know how well surveilled, the park is in general. Oh, I mean, I'm are sure their eyes? Amazing. I know that they are pretty good, but are are there? Are they so astute that they could pick up something as? I assume there's a little bit of a ceremony while you're doing that,
0: unless you just chuck, chuck it over your arm. Awesome. Yeah,
6: I'm sure they. You know, an employee's yeah. going to see it, and that's why they have the code word or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh,
0: let me go to Brooke. Hi, Brooke. Good morning. Howdy. What's up, Brooke?
7: I uh, I wanted to. See, Surely you guys remember when Tim McGraw came out to throw the first pitch in one of the World Series games and yeah. kind of sneaked that bag out of his back pocket yeah. and scattered Tug's ashes on the mound there?
0: Yeah, that's correct.
7: Yeah, yeah, I haven't heard anybody talk about that. I wanted to throw that out Yeah, I, I think
5: yeah. I think that's appropriate. You did, know, and do I, we, I know
7: I, if he had permission, I would
5: assume
0: they let him do that. You know what? I don't think he did. I don't think he did. I, I'm yeah, not kidding. He yeah they of, kicked
9: <sighs> him out of the park. He did it. No, he did that it on the broken. sly and he did it as a tribute to his dad. And yeah. it was, um, he then. Beg for forgiveness instead of asking for permission. Oh, yeah, okay. and everybody was totally cool with it because it yeah. was tug. It's you like can... when
5: they buried Babe Ruth out in the uh, in the outfield during a game. <laughs> during, in the middle yeah, of the
0: game. The game. No, they used to have a memorial out there, didn't they? Yes, <laughs> they did. Yeah. yeah, which was you could run into it if you didn't. And <laughs> Yankees in the old Yankee Stadium. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah out... there was, there was a Memorial Park, and every
9: now and then a home run would
0: end up in there. <laughs> uh, let me go to uh, Pete. Hi, Pete. Good morning.
14: Snarf, snarf snarf snarf. What's up, Pete? Donny was a good man. <laughs> 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 like, what like, was Charlie that as about Vietnam? <laughs> 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 so I used to work at uh, at Fenway Park, giving people tours, and you would be amazed how many people think it's just okay to take a whole bag. Of ashes and dump it wherever they want. Wow! As if, no, in a whole, when when you're walking around with an entire crowd of people, they would just kind of lean over and dump a pile onto the warning track. Okay. So wow. it, was always, it was always really awkward because you, it's like what? What do you say to them? You yeah. <laughs> like, you can't can't yell at them. Um, so yeah. we always had to just kind of like pretend we didn't notice it and wait till they were out of the park and go back and have someone clean it up. Clean it you know, up. So they'd would, they'd vacuum it up. Yeah, um, you know, it depended on where it was. If it was on the green monster, it would usually just kind of blow off onto Lansdowne Street. Yeah. Um, but if it was on the warning track, yeah, the, the ground crew had to go and, and, and suck it up or, or blend it into the uh, the dirt there. Pete,
9: I don't know if you were watching the game last night, but they spent a lot of time actually inside the monster, which you can also tour. So there were these, um, uh, you can go in and sign your name. Did yeah, people ever try to uh, spread their ashes inside the wall of the green monster?
14: They did not, but it's funny that you were saying that because when I was watching last night, they showed one spot where uh, even though Tom Petty never played at Fenway, the inside of the wall, it says, it's good to be king, Tom Petty in huge letters. Oh, that's Uh cool. That he signed. Yeah. Yeah, I signed right next to it. It's
5: awesome. Oh, they actually, they, the family requested that it be chopped up and they burned his head. In oh. <laughs> <laughs> they it's took advantage of the... they Ted uh, next yeah. to uh, Ted Williams. They did, right. Yeah, they did the annuity. Thanks,
0: Steve. <laughs> Speaking of that, Steve, you sent me a um, an article a, and I skimmed through it about uh, cryogenics and, and uh, yes. bodies that have been frozen cryogenically. It raises a good question, doesn't it, Preston? That it's pretty much a waste of time. It's a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, that they that the cryogenic... Freezing process actually does detrimental damage to the tissue. It irrevocably damages, yes. Yeah, and you just can't do it. But I guess when they started doing things like that, they didn't know. They're like, let's just freeze it, and maybe in the future they'll be able to figure out. I mean, you freeze steaks, yeah. But they said that the freezing part of it is what does the most damage to, right? Even under the most optimum conditions, which be like immediately at the moment of death, get them frozen. And it and it does uh, damage it. And what, uh, they, what, what do they they you need rev- some kind of nanotechnology eventually to rebuild every single cell? And that that technology will probably never ever ever let it go come into existence. Yeah, so, yeah.
5: Because and then ultimately, ultimately, <clears throat> what is brought back to life? Yeah,
0: exactly. Like Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Uh, let me go to. Hang on a second. I'm going to go to <laughs> Jeff. Hi, Jeff A. Good morning, sir.
16: You guys, Kazu. Kazu,
0: what's up, Jeff?
7: Yeah, dude, do you remember a few years back where they had a tribute to uh, Terry Gilliam with Monty Python? Yeah, you remember that one?
5: Uh, all- I, I, I don't. What did what did they do? Uh, they were all.
7: Around there on sofas and stuff, and they had his ashes sitting in an urn on the coffee table, and they knocked it over. Yeah, yeah it was it was a joke. It yeah. was a show at um
9: at the Hollywood Bowl, and it was all the surviving members of Monty Python talking about him. Oh. Yeah, and they just That's I think just it was funny. Cleese, right? Yeah. And, like went to go cross nice. his legs and, and then knocked it over. Yeah, kicked cool. the urn uh, <laughs> over.
0: But the but the meet the parents. He yeah. knocks it off the <laughs> the mantle. It falls on the floor. That cat comes over and pisses it. in it. Oh, Jinx God. just Jinxing hilarious. <laughs> (laughs) Happens immediately. I just love that. Uh, How did he knock it off? Uh, He was the cork in the um, the champagne, champagne,
5: which he bought at Oyster Bay's finest uh, sundries. That's right. Uh, (laughs) Let
0: me go to, we got a bunch of good ones here. I'll go to uh, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Good morning.
14: Hello, Rock guys. How are you today? (laughs) We're
0: great. What's up, man?
14: Hey, I was uh, involved in a mummer's parade years back. And one of the guys in the band, his father passed away. And they stuck his ashes in the confetti gun. And when I was doing a performance on a platform, if you watch on TV, they shoot the they shoot the confetti gun, and you see the ashes going all over me.
8: Oh, that's
5: oh, man. gross, man! Wow, wow. Yeah. We yeah, was- we had a similar situation,
2: Jeff. Where we had case. Were you out there Thanks. when it happened with me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so- oh no, no, I. I um, uh, I think I might have been running the board. Was it well, so you, studio? President? I wasn't alone. I was out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we we
5: we uh, somebody's ashes were put in a wood chipper. It was part of a contest. Is that World Series tickets? World Series tickets it might have been. And yeah, it, it, it was. It, um <laughs> uh,
0: I forgot what we called it, but you had to flip a coin, right? And uh, it might have been flip for the birds, actually. Yeah, might have been. It might have been and for we, uh, eagles. Yeah, eagles. We threw. It was in the back parking lot here, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah and I was. Yes, and, it was. And we threw stuff into a shredder. Yep. And uh, including a w- a human chipper. remains. And, and human remains. Right. Yeah. yeah the ashes of, of summer. relatives' remains. Now we did another time where they had to flush them down the toilet. You remember yeah, that? Yeah. That was that. That was a, a, a little less. Um, that was back at Y one hundred. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they had to throw them in the toilet. But yeah, sure enough, man, that just. All this ash came out of the other end of the, uh, the wood chipper. Why did we think that was going to work any other way than it did? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Oh, no way. What? Okay. Let me go to Stacy. Hi, Stacy. Good morning.
18: Good morning, Gadzooks. 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 What's up, Stacy? Okay. So, my husband's grandmother passed away. And Grandpa decided it would be a really good idea to put all of Grandmom's ashes in the in little ceramic containers. Um, they were all shaped like an animal, and they had, like, a gold band around them. Okay. And he, and he wanted to hand them out to everybody in the family. And we were all like, no, you just keep her. We don't. That's just weird. Um, so eventually he dies. We have to clean out the house. And um, we were putting things that we wanted in one place and, you know. Sorting. So my niece is over there playing. She was about one and a half at the time. And she got a hold of one of these little ceramic things and started eating ashes. Uh, and we're, like, what? we're all like, what is she doing? What is she doing? So my brother-in-law went over and he's like, what is she eating? And starts. Oh he started eating them and he's like, it tastes like seashells. No. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> <laughs> these taste like gum gum. <laughs> My sister-in-law walks in the room and has a complete meltdown, screaming, she's eating grandma, she's eating grandma. Oh, my God. God. But believe it or not, we called poison control. They said it happens more than you'd ever think. And no And it was not a problem. Kidding. They were oh. like, no, no, no problem at all. Don't Why do I about. think that
5: would be an issue?
18: Yeah. Wow. Horrified for life. All right.
6: Oh.
0: Thank you, Stacey. Well, I guess everything that's, uh, you know, bad for you is burned out of it. Yeah, you know? right. I mean, so as it's far complete... as diseases and things like that go, right? uh, wow, man.
6: Now she has a piece of grandma with her forever. Well, you
5: had the story recently about the girl who who baked ashes into a uh, into cookies yeah, and yeah. took them
0: took them to school. school. Right? Yeah. 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 Cool. All right, one last call because Dan has been on hold for like fifteen minutes. Hi, Dan. Good morning.
8: Hello.
0: Yeah, Dan, you're on the air. Hey,
7: Dan from Delaware. Hey. hey! hey.
0: What's
16: up, Dan? So,
7: uh. What's up? uh <laughs> I don't know if I can beat the confetti story from the Mummers. That's freaking awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So uh, what I'll tell you is my brother will never miss another Dover Downs NASCAR race forever.
0: Wow. Where did you put Uh,
7: him? uh, We started at the uh, start-finish line and slowly drove at about 35 miles an hour, and we finished around turn three.
0: Okay, so was this in conjunction with the track? Did they know what you were doing, or was this a day where they allowed people to bring Uh, their cars out?
7: let's put it like this a week before we actually did it they told me no freaking way yeah you're not going to be able to do that and of course i was pretty bummed out about it and then all of a sudden i get this mystery call about four days later and no names but he said be here on sunday morning at seven o'clock a.m and we will make your wish come true
0: that's pretty nice yeah that's
7: Next thing I know, we had a caravan of three vehicles, and I'm hanging out the window about three quarters. And my sons are holding onto my legs, and I'm slowly <laughs> cracking the box open, man, and praying that I don't fall. And, yeah. and uh, hey, he's got front row seats, man, forever, brother. brother. Yeah, well, he
5: has every every uh, every race. He has cars driving over him constantly.
0: Hey, was it emotional for you, Dan?
7: Uh, this- like a baby. Okay. Wow.
0: Okay. Well, that's awesome. Well, that's cool. Yeah, you got yeah. to you got to do something special like that. Thanks, man. Thank you, man.
2: It. He didn't well, have guess, to eat his grandmother.
0: Listen, for some people, that's uh, that's Disney. You know, some people absolutely love that place. And yeah, I don't sure have a place there.
2: like that in my life.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't think of anything. What about that hot dog
2: place you used to like? Oh, oh. the last thing. Dude, I just drove past it yesterday. <laughs> there, you so it, there you go. It's just an open field. There yeah, you go. It's perfect. Yeah. I mean, whatever they tore it down for, it's not. It's nothing. It's just grass. The grass looks good, though. Yeah,
0: I mean, you know,
5: uh-huh. but it's it's, yeah. it's perfect as present. You know, you can you don't have to
2: worry about violating any rules. You just pour it in the grass. Yeah, I can't think of anything either case. But. No, and I wouldn't. You know, I listen. I love the Last Stand, but I I, that, <laughs> I wouldn't want that to be my lasting <laughs> legacy. God. How about Pats? Pats chili? Yeah, dog. Absolutely.
8: Pats chili dog. Yeah, that's All a right.
2: that's a we guy buy gold place. I yeah. almost <laughs> said wee guy bold. <laughs>
5: Uh, we if got, you're looking a, we to guy, guy bold, there's <laughs> only
2: one place. It's really in Delco.
5: It's beautiful at Sunset, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the best guy I've
0: ever doled. Keep in mind, if you're going to do it at uh, at Disney, they're going they're just going to suck it up with their vacuum cleaner so and it, then piss on it. It happens. I don't know about that part. Yeah. But it, it's it happens. They do that regularly. Like, we'll
1: take a break and be right back. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 733 WMMR. Everything
8: that rocks.